Big shout out to Dwight, Illinois this morning. Dwight. D-White. D-White. Dwight, Dwight, Illinois. Dwight. This is past Joliet. I was uh, at the Bud Billiken Parade that you were just talking about a moment ago. Were you? Yeah. Good day for it. Yeah, nice the, day. Oh, yeah. WGN TV had a float, and uh, Micah Mater was there, and Tanya Francisco, Glenn Marshall, Ray Cortapassi, myself, uh, Jewel Hillary, all on the WGN float. Bozo T. Clown? No Bozo this time. No mm. Bozo. Yeah. No, okay. No, no Bozo. Uh, there were some uh, clown uh, logistic issues. What well, with you on there? <laughs> Are we sure there were? Couldn't find his big red shoes. <laughs> <laughs> right, those aren't easy to lose. <laughs> but uh, just nothing but smiling faces, families, smiling faces, uh, barbecue. It's the best smelling parade. Oh wow, that is the best sure smelling because it goes right down King Drive, and uh, people are uh, barbecuing. You know, the whole families come out. They set up their areas, tents, elaborate uh, setups. Uh, but they're they're cooking up a storm, and uh, you know, smoke smokers, uh, you know, uh, going crazy. And uh, you know, it was nice, nice smelling uh, event. A number of years ago, I was and plenty of weed to smell. Also, by <laughs> oh, the, the way, the barbecue and <laughs> for the all weed. of our uh, potheads <laughs> that we now know are regular <laughs> listeners to the show. A number of years ago, I was covering the Bud Billiken Parade, and it was raining just hard enough where you didn't have an umbrella. You you know where you were going to get uh, a little wet, yeah. and of course, I had all my my uh, recording gear with me right. too. So I, you probably had the Marantz uh, X three eighty five. I had the Sony TC three five dash two. That's my favorite. Sony. Zero six yeah. hyphen asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> with, the gig- with the gigantic microphone yep the gigantic cassette and an analog meter. vu meter i might add ah. yeah those are those are the days but um i was standing- you young broadcasters think you have it so hard now you should have been oh. out there back in the day where we had to get a u-haul truck to bring oh all the recording breaking work to bring all right. that gear in exactly there. i used to have to bring my own phone because it would connect oh, yeah. to my recorder so I right. could send stuff back to the radio station. I remember, like, I'm among my first jobs where you would, uh, y- you had a phone or a microphone with alligator clips. Yeah. Alligator yeah. clips. And you, you unscrewed the mouthpiece right. on, on the phone and you clipped into that. And that's how you sent your reports back, mm-hmm. back in the day. If you got fancy, though, you had what was called a voice act. You remember those? Yeah, that was the thing. Andy, you, you remember out of the, those? You screwed it out of the, the, the bottom. Yeah, right? and oh. you could plug in your recorder. That's crazy. There was a little mini plug, a All mini right. phono plug that went in. Uh, and you could use your alligator clips, yeah. but yeah. you would queue up your tape to the actuality that you were going to use in your uh, wraparound report. <laughs> <laughs> And you called the station. Four people know what you're talking about right now. Class dismissed. Two of them here. (laughs) And you called the station and you said, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm sending a report back. And they would roll the tape at the station. And you could mute mute it. You could mute it. Not really good uses for alligator clips these days anymore. No, not really. Unless you're one of our pothead listeners. (laughs) I don't even know. Do the the potheads still use alligator clips that they used to? Uh, They used to clip the joint, as it was called, to the alligator clip. So, you know, they could hold it that way and not burn their fingers. (laughs) I'm told. 
Oh, you're told, are you? I see. Sources tell me. Sources try to work a lot of uh, you know uh, weed references into the show now that we know that it's (laughs) such a topic of interest. (laughs) We've done extensive research. so, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, no, I was going to say, but, you know, getting back to the Bud Billiken story, I was yeah. right by a family that had set up a, you know, like a tent and yeah. uh, covering. And they said, come on over here. You're getting wet. Come on over here. Have oh, some barbecue. It was nice? really very nice. It's yeah. a really nice family event. It is. It, it really is. It's, it, was a, it, it takes forever because it's a long parade route, but uh, a re- really nice family event. So. Uh, boy, I could go for some of that barbecue right now. I don't know about you guys. Have you never been happy? I know the death of Olivia Newton-John is it's a week old story now, but it made me so sad all week. Somebody with such a beautiful voice, such a prolific and uh, successful career, and most of all, somebody with a heart of gold like that that passed away. Olivia Newton-John succumbing to uh, the cancer that she has battled. Shawnee, it's been, it was decades, right? Yeah, and you know, I wasn't aware that she had been fighting it for that long a time. She, uh, yeah, she was first diagnosed in the 90s. In the 90s. And then treated, and it went into remission, and uh, then came back in the uh, early 2000s. And she's been, you know, she's been under treatment. She's done everything. And all during that time, it was during that second round of cancer, we interviewed her at one point for our breast cancer specials. And she was on our, our show in 2008. And it's upbeat, positive, you know, just uh, just couldn't be more, I'm going to beat this thing, you know, that, that, that kind of an attitude, which, you know, really, I guess is the best way to deal with it. Only makes it worse if you're, you know, down in the dumpster and all that. But I just have so much admiration for her and spent most of her time really helping other people who are going through that same battle. So I'd seen video clips of her going through various hospitals. I believe there's one uh, cancer area that's named for her somewhere uh, that uh, she always visited and, uh, you know, always had time to spend as much time as needed with the various patients there. Yep, 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 yep. They're going to have, uh, her funeral is going to be in the next couple of days in Melbourne in Australia, her home, her her native country. Uh, They're going to do a state funeral. State funeral for her, her, yes. State funeral for her because of her you know the impact that she had the contributions that she made so she was named a dame yeah of right. of uh australia right right uh and not the way you call people no, when they're walking down no, the street no, hey, no hey get a load of that dame over no, there. no 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 <laughs> hey, no that's a nice very looking, very that's different a nice meeting. looking dame over there walking by <laughs> and then you whistle <laughs> What do you think I am? So the, back in 1954? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sitting on a stoop. <laughs> sit out here and drink out of my thermos mug and whistle at the dames walking by, see? <laughs> there ain't nothing like a dame. There is nothing like a dame. Nothing in the Wait world. Wait it's funny that you should say that. There is nothing like a dame. Don't ask me why I nothing have that song ready to go. Why I have that song ready to go? There's nothing you can name that is anything like a game. Wow. 
you have hit a new plateau today, my oh, friend. Oh, my goodness. Listen to you, Brenda Vaccaro. <laughs> Andy, what's happened to your voice? I'm uh, going through puberty again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. A little, uh, little sinus thing going on here. Uh, uh, Jack, can you open your microphone? Uh, let's let's get an Andy uh, producer, Jack, whose voice always sounds like Andy does now. Mic check one two. Mic check one two. Oh wow, Andy's got you sounding like a girl in there. Jack. <laughs> Gonna start my new voiceover career right now. Wow, listen to you. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, too bad WNUA's not still on the air. I know. Get over there and get some smooth jazz going. (laughs) Some smooth jazz. We were doing mornings one time, Dean. You may not remember this, but I was had a terrible case of laryngitis, and you made fun of me on the air. I have a hard time believing that. You made fun of me. I don't believe that at all. I would ridicule you in any way. That seems very (laughs) unlikely. (laughs) Did I really? Yes, you made fun of me. On WNUA? On WNUA. I was trying to do a newscast, and you're like, ho, 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 listen to Shwani. <laughs> I don't know when I became bozo, but especially on that station, they never let me say anything over there. <laughs> well, and you, but you feel okay, right? Feel fine. Yeah. All right. Feel fine. Uh, Shwani, feel free to administer whatever uh, medical test. First aid that has to be administered. Right. Here. Okay. We'll, we'll get uh, Dr. Most to give you a full Ooh, diagnosis. Nice. Yeah, well, there's the man there to do you go. right there. Yeah, there you go. We'll have Dr. Most on in a few minutes. Okay. Here. How did you get this uh, Who knows? ailment? I, I, I have uh, you know the best of both of my parents. You know, I get the sinuses from my mom. Oh. And we get these a uh, couple times a year. This is right around the time of year I get it. It's nice when parents are giving like that, isn't it? You know. Share with I, their children. I feel like I deserve it. <laughs> I put her through a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, it's tricky now because if you get under some, like, like an air conditioner in this, uh, you know, this hot weather, you can wind up with uh, one of these things like you have. Yeah. And then, you know, everybody starts to think, oh, you've got, uh, you've got COVID. I'm like, right. oh, I tested. I'm good. Right. We did check uh, Andy for monkeypox when yes. he came in. Yes. <laughs> I'm all good. Even though being congested has nothing to do with monkeypox, we just thought it would be funny to do yeah. it. I, I was all willing to. <laughs> Shwani, how are you feeling? I'm feeling fine. Me too. Let's keep it that way. Let's keep it that way. Yes. <laughs> Shwani was doing some grilling, he told me yesterday. Well, nothing fancy, but I finally That's did nice. have a chance You're out to on do the it. grill. That's I nice. Got chicken and the corn that I bought. I uh, had a day and uh, went to Michigan on Tuesday, had a day free and went up there. And You went to Michigan to buy produce? Yes. Good for you. I, there's a store up there that I really, really like that my good friends that live near New Buffalo first took me to about eight, ten years ago now. And uh, I like to go up there a couple of times uh, this time of year and that's get nice. the fresh, locally grown produce. Oh, it's nice. just great. Is, I it, is got it right some, off of a farm stand? It's no. Well, it's the it's like locally a grown. Store. It's like it's, a store. It's a that, store. They yeah. Sell, sell it freshly. Yeah, it's in Sawyer, Michigan, and I got peaches that are nice. just right. Yeah. They're just delicious. I, I bought a bag of uh, peaches. They look beautiful in the store, and I couldn't wait. I got home, and they were mealy. They were mealy? Mealy. This mm. is why That's I wait good. until you know I go. That's disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. I was so mad. 
I would be too. This is why I wait when I to go to a place like this this time of year and get the fresh, locally grown stuff. Everything it's not going to be mealy. Everything about these peaches said they're ready to go. They felt right. They smelled right. And then you know, I take I take a bite and it's like, Bleh, this is horrible. So I did some research. I found out that the peaches go mealy when they're refrigerated ah. before they are fully ripened. Mm-hmm. That's how they go mealy like mm-hmm. that. There's our new word today. So thanks large, mealy. thanks, large grocery store. <laughs> I don't want to mention any names. Didn't get to go blueberry picking this year, though. I love doing that. Do you? Oh, yes. I find it annoying. <laughs> <laughs> annoying? Yeah. Why do you find it annoying? It's, it takes too long. Oh, you get out there in the fresh air, and mm. it's quiet. Yeah, and I can do that sitting down. You're in down. nature. I can do all that stuff sitting down on a, a <laughs> bale of hay. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit there. <laughs> Andy and I will be on the bale of hay. He'll, yes. be, he'll be coughing up a storm I'll from his allergies. Uh, give me a hot toddy. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let somebody else. <laughs> let somebody else. I, I don't do want to interrupt the farm no, economy. I, I can see if you. I'm out there. If if I'm picking the blueberries, that means I've taken someone's job. <laughs> so I don't want to interrupt the. You I know. can see him on the bale of hay at the blueberry picking place, going, "Go over there. Those are the bushes to pick from." Having a martini. No, you're uh-huh. in the wrong spot. Go over there. <laughs> don't make me spill any more of this martini. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing. There, there is nothing like fresh picked. I, I, good for you. Absolutely, good for you for all that. Absolutely. Uh, I uh, was in the Bud Billiken Parade yesterday, as I had mentioned. We had a blast, and then uh, went to uh, the Dance for Life uh, concert last night. You know this benefit uh, performance that they put on every year. Uh, where seven different dance companies perform all uh, on the same stage one night. Uh, was uh, the Joffrey Ballet, Trinity Irish Dancers, Ensemble Espanol, Giordano Dance uh, Chicago. There, there were a whole bunch of uh, dance companies that all performed, and it was uh, just a, a really, really great performance. And it's what I do best, really, just sitting around and watching. You didn't dance. <laughs> I did not dance. But I thought of it during one of the performances. I thought that would be a funny thing for us to do, though. What dance? dance? Yeah, yeah. At our next appear- at the next appearance, at maybe our next tree appearance, time? maybe a tree coming time coming up that we put on like a little dance performance. <laughs> <laughs> I was, have, I was dance doubles. I was watching those Joffrey dance people. It doesn't look that hard. <laughs> <laughs> better, better have Doctor Most on standby. Yes. Right. <laughs> Hamstring alert. Exactly. <laughs> Hamstring alert. You know what else? We are alerting now. It is time once again for everyone's favorite, the far-flung forecast, our weekly compendium of fascinating facts, all brought to us by the one, the only, Dave Johnny Appleseed Schwan. <laughs> Well, thank you, Dean. Good morning, everyone. Friends and neighbors, get out your compasses and protractors, because today we go to Faith, South Dakota. Oh, that's a nice name. Faith, South Dakota. It's in the northeastern corner of Meade County, population 367. 
Okay. That's all. All right. 367. Small, small uh, population of now, faith. The, the story goes that... Because you got to have faith. faith well, faith, that's... You got to have faith, 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 faith. faith. Well, I guess you could Are be you right. done? <laughs> are, you, are you done? If I could. That was a George Michael song, Shawnee. Oh, who? George Michael was a singer. Oh. Part of Wham. Wake me up. Before, Before you go, go. go. No, we're going to go into a medley again here right. now. now Faith, South Faith, Dakota. South Dakota. The story is that the town was named that because it took Faith to live out on the prairie. Believe me, they are out there on the plains. But it uh, was actually named for Faith Rockefeller, mm. one of the daughters of a major investor in the railroad that went through there. But we mentioned Faith, South Dakota, because it was on last Friday's date, and it was great in 1990, that the Tyrannosaurus Rex, now known as Sue, was discovered near Faith, South Dakota, by Susan Hendrickson. Yes, it was. uh, That's where Sue was discovered. The skeleton over 90% complete, the bones well-preserved, and then, of course, brought to uh, Chicago's Field Museum in October of 1997. The the Sioux skeleton went on display in 2000, and they've learned a lot about the lives of Tyrannosaurus rexes. They they determined that uh, they all knew it was a carnivorous dinosaur, but the olfactory bulbs were each bigger than the cerebrum, the thinking part of the brain, which meant that they had... I can relate to that. They had a the Tyrannosaurus Rex has had a tremendous sense of smell, but Tyrannosaurus Rex Sioux discovered near Faith, South Dakota. It is mostly cloudy and seventy there mm. right now. Dean Richard Sunday morning with our weekly visit with the greatest, Doctor Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern's Central DuPage Hospital. Doctor Most, good morning, my friend. Good morning, Dean. How are you? Doing very well on this beautiful morning. Andy Major uh, suffering a little bit uh, today. He's got some kind of a sinus infection. Sounding very much like uh, Brenda Vaccaro. <laughs> what do you prescribe for Andy, Andy Mazur? You know, it's a good question, Dean, because a lot of people are getting these now. They're getting these uh, infections that we haven't seen for a long time because of our uh, mitigation factors. And actually, a lot of these start out just as sinus infections that are viral in nature. So as long as it runs its course, you know, in three, five, six, seven days, that's great. Yeah. But if he starts to get a fever and that drainage starts to get green, it may now mm. change from a viral to a bacterial infection. Oh. So certainly... Andy should check in. Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know where he went. He's not at his microphone <laughs> right now. But he um, uh, he said he's feeling fine. He just, he just, I mean, his voice is like four octaves lower than usual uh, today. What yeah, should he do? Drainage. Should he be gargling? I, I tell, well, anyone ever complains to me about anything, you know, just hanging around with you, I feel qualified to give medical advice now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I just tell, no matter what the issue is, I just tell people to gargle. Well, gargling is not a bad idea. Lots of fluids definitely is. And what happens when we have sinus infections and we get congested, we breathe through our mouth all night. So now we have the back of our throat. It's all irritated and dry. And that's why their voice sounds terrible. By the end of the day, his voice is probably back to normal as Mm. he hydrates up and gets rid of some of that inflammation. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, More importantly, he's not uh, in danger of infecting uh, Shawnee or me, right? 
as long as you keep him a distance from you, oh, he'll be fine. Okay, we need to we need to do a little social distancing with the Andy this morning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are all you know contagious illnesses that we used to see all the time. Think about how many times you had quote unquote a common cold or a sinus infection. Yep. Now we're starting to see those come back again. So, Andy, in your uh, sports booth uh, in there, we're going to tape it off and uh, completely quarantine you in there this morning. A little Clorox, a little Lysol? Yeah, that, we'll, we'll put that in there, too, but okay. we're, we're taping the room off. A little cone of silence, Sounds yes. Good. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to be in the cone of silence. Exactly correct. So, uh, uh, Kev, this week uh, the CDC came out and lowered... Uh, all of uh, the warnings, you know, that we've been living with for the past uh, couple of years. Uh, wh- what's your take on some of their new recommendations, which is really kind of getting back to normal, uh, you know, pre-COVID, I should say. Yeah, it is. You know, and some of us are a little disappointed thinking that we took a step back probably too early with school coming into session here in the next couple of weeks across the country. Um, and certainly it's a sign of, okay, this is going to be here forever. Now, instead of the CDC and FDA telling you what to do, you as individuals are going to have to take some ownership. So, you know, the estimates right now are about 40% of this country is back to, you know, their, their pre-COVID routines anyways. So, you know, 95% of us have either been infected or have some protection. And we've seen the hospitalizations obviously, you know, continue to be very low. But um, I personally am a little disappointed. I think coming into cold and flu season and going back to school, right. I think we're going to see an impact mainly on the workforce uh, versus the hospitalization. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, the the positive side of that is that it seems like when people test, po- uh, test positive for COVID now, uh, it's not uh, serious like it was. Uh, they have symptoms. They stay home and quarantine themselves for a little while so they don't pass it around. But uh, it, at least it doesn't seem to be as serious uh, as it was. Correct. You know, and now we have some, you know, other things. Paxlovid there, certainly for those individuals who are older, who could have vulnerabilities, can knock this out quicker. Um, and I think we do. I think we as a country now have, have learned that when we get an illness, if we isolate, we're going to slow the spread of that. So hopefully just some common sense will get us through this flu season as well. Okay. Um, let's uh, take a, a quick call related hey, to uh, all of this. Dan, are you there? Hi, Dan. You're on WGN. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I had a question. My question. Are you there, Dan? Hello. And matching. Good morning. Yes, my question is how much testing had been done on the mixing and matching of the different vaccines um, that people are taking? So that was my question. Thank you. Yeah, Dan, you know, early on, we were all saying, make sure you stay with the same one. And then the government did do, I shouldn't say the government, NIH did a large study on saying, what if we do mix and match? And the mixing and matching came out quite well. You gained about 1%. So really, in the big picture of things, it didn't make a huge difference. The big thing that they're looking at right now, Dan, is the mixing and matching matching with the Novavax, because many people didn't get that booster because they got uncomfortable side effects. So they said, I'm not going to get a booster. What we're trying to do now is show that mixing with the Novavax not only gets you better protection, but you have a lower side effect profile. Mm. So certainly the studies were done to make sure that we gained or stayed the same as far as protection. Um, And now certainly we're going to try to get those individuals who were hesitant to get that booster because of side effects looking at what if they got their boosted with Novavax 
which would have less side effects. That's the biggest one we're waiting for right now. It should be out in the next two weeks. On the subject of vaccinations and these lower CDC guidelines now, uh, you know, I, I can see people going, eh, you know, I didn't get my booster. They're lowering the, you know, the, the, the uh, recommendations now. Eh, maybe I'll pass on the, on the booster. Is that a good idea? Dean, I think that's probably one of the key points right there is people are saying, oh, boy, the government, I, can't, I keep saying government, I shouldn't be saying that. The CDC releasing or lowering these, maybe I don't need that. And right. certainly it is not the way. Um, and now we're going to have even more people who are hesitant saying, well, with these changes and this new vaccine coming out in September, I am going to wait. So uh, it, it's a tough one. I tell people get vaccinated and get your protection as much as you can. But certainly there's going to be a lot of confusion at this point. And individuals who are kind of on the fence, you know, it's going to be one where they're going to wait until the new vaccine comes out, where they're going to get protection from BA5 as well as the original COVID strain. Okay, so uh, go, go ahead. Uh, if you haven't gotten your boosters, the, the way that you stay uh, relatively healthy and avoid serious consequences should you test positive is by going ahead and getting your full regimen of uh, vaccinations and boosters, right? 100%. You know, we look at hospitalizations right now. Individuals who are in for COVID-related symptoms are unvaccinated, about 98% of them. Mm. So certainly those numbers are low, and that portion of the population is shrinking. But certainly you want to do everything you can to prevent it. And, you know, you had it. It's not a fun disease to have, and that's why we get flu shots as well. So... You know, giving yourself the protection that you can and the fear of long COVID, it should be in the back of everyone's mind as well. You know, uh, the 708 area code texts in, uh, my friend has COVID, is 70 years old, has tested positive, called his doctor who told him since his symptoms are mild to just wait it out because uh, Paxlovid has lots of side effects. Is that true? And does this sound like good advice to you? Uh, You know, I mean, I hate to... Monday morning quarterback and other doctor, but you know the the side effects for Paxlovid are not that bad for the most part. Certainly, some people get a bad metallic taste. You know, other people have no problems with it whatsoever. And really, what this drug does is it stops or slows that viral replication. So, if I was seventy years old, I'm at a high risk already. That's saying that you're a healthy seventy year old with no other comorbidities. Now, if that individual is on statin drugs or some other drugs that may interact with Paxlovid probably the right thing but if not uh, i would say let's not let the virus run rampant in somebody whose immune system may be you know uh, not as strong as a healthy 30 year old uh 708 also texts in we are going on a mediterranean cruise in october we're 65 should we get paxlovid to take with us <laughs> well unfortunately you can't you know, a lot of people used to be able to say, oh, I'm going to take, I'm going to get a prescription for Tamiflu, and I'm going to hold on to that in case I get influenza. Paxlovid, they're really getting a much tighter control on that to make sure that we have enough for those individuals who are actually sick and need the drug. Mm. So um, people aren't writing prescriptions for those to say, here, in case you need this, hang on to it. That being said, Paxlovid is around the world, and certainly I would think that if it's a large cruise ship, there's a good possibility that there's going to be a a physician and a pharmacy on that cruise ship to distribute the drug if needed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We'll get to uh, more calls regarding vaccinations. 312-981-7200 with Dr. Kevin Most. Dr. Kevin Most is always joining us here on Sunday morning to talk about 
uh, all kinds of health issues. And uh, we have got Jean on the phone line on WGN. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question about the polio vaccine. Uh, I'm a senior. When I was young, I remember seeing quarantine signs on doors. And in the movies, they were passing out uh, plates uh, while showing people that were in iron lungs. Now, I know polio appears to be coming back. Should those of us that were uh, young and polio vaccine was not available, should be getting polio vaccines now? Gene, it is a fascinating question that is unknown right now. And okay. I would say no. I would, I would currently say no just because of the number of cases. You know, we have one case in New York. But certainly it is highlighting um, the need to, to make sure that we vaccinate kids. You know, people born before 1955, that was when the polio vaccine came out. We started using the oral polio vaccine initially. We got away from that and went to shots. Kids now get shots at two, four, six, and uh, months of age, or two, four, 12 months of age, and then somewhere between the ages of four and six. Um, but certainly, if we see this huge outbreak, you know, we'll certainly start to look at that. But our focus right now is making sure that the children are vaccinated. So um, I wouldn't be rushing out, nor is anyone going to give you that vaccine at this time. But certainly, it's got our attention when we're finding it in UK as well as in New York. And we're starting to see more of the polio virus out there in the community. Yeah. Is that the the vaccine, Kev, that we got when we were kids that left us all with a little scar on our shoulder? Yeah. So that was smallpox. But if you look oh. at it, remember oral polio, we used to just get the couple drops in your mouth was the um, was the uh, uh, the way we got the vaccine. And that was a live vaccine. So what they found is that some of those live vaccines mutated and can ended up causing polio in some individuals. Mm. So we in the United States got away from the oral polio and now went to the shots. Oral polio vaccine is still used around the country or around the world just because of availability. Um, but certainly we want to make sure we curtail this illness as much as we can now. So you think uh, that we shouldn't be overly concerned about that right now? Keep an eye on it, but not be overly concerned right now. Oh, correct. 100%. You know, one case in New York for individual that was unvaccinated, an adult that was unvaccinated, you know, uh, certainly we're going to continue to monitor and look for it. But really, we're just highlighting to parents to make sure that their kids get the entire uh, spectrum of vaccinations that protect them. Got it. Gene, thank you for the call. This is Nancy. You're on WGN. Good morning. Good morning. Doctor, I have MDS, which is basically a blood cancer. And with my very low platelets, they won't allow me to have the shot. I had I had the first booster, uh, all of the shots and the first booster, and they wouldn't let me do the second booster. My platelets actually went down to like 1,000. Now, with this situation, and you're just talking about oral vaccines with the polio, is there any chance of a... Um, of the vaccines going into an oral or a spray for someone like me? Nancy, you, you were you, you had my answer before I even gave you the opportunity to. And I'm sorry that you have MDS. And certainly, you know, that type where we're concerned about bruising, we're also concerned about the immune system there. <clears throat> so I understand why your doctor is saying being hesitant there and saying protect yourself in other ways. But yes, they are working on a nasal spray for COVID. Um, it's in the clinical trials right now. I'm not sure when it's actually going to be out, um, but certainly uh, as soon as it is, I would talk to your physician because, you know, you wouldn't be getting the shot at that point. Um, 
and, and you know, that might be an opportunity for you. And I would expect, you know, it's been in the works for a few months now. I would expect that they, they have data out very soon. So certainly look for that um, opportunity, and it will make big news when it's approved, that's for sure. That's great. I did have COVID back at Christmas, but I don't know how uh, long that immunity might last. Yeah, if you had it at Christmas, the downside there at Christmas was the Delta variant was the predominant variant at that time. And now BA5 has really popped up and is about 90% of the cases here over the past few months. So still be very careful because even with the Delta, even with any protection you have, you could still get the BA5. So um, I would be still be very careful, as I'm sure you are knowing the illness that you have, you know, making sure that you're masking and be careful who you're around. Yeah. Jean, thank you so much. Nancy, Dr. thank you for the call and good luck to you with all of that. I was at the theater last night, uh, Kevin, that, you know, big signs when you walked into the auditorium theater. Uh, masks are mandatory. You must wear masks. Uh, you go inside and not even half the people. We're paying attention to the sign. I, I, I had my mask on. It's like, should I take my mask off? Nobody's wearing their mask in here. I left mine on I, because I would feel guilty talking to you today if I, if I didn't have my mask on when I knew I was supposed to. Yeah. Well, people have to understand still, although we made these changes and we're cutting back a little bit, that there still is the recommendation when you're in a high transmission county that you should wear masks when indoors in large gatherings, which is exactly what you were in last night. So we still have 40%, 45% of this country is still at high transmission rate so that the expectation or the recommendation is you will mask when you're inside in a large gathering. Whether people are doing it or not, you know, you, you just proved it right there saying, you know, no. Um, but certainly we're going to have, remember we always talk about super spreader events. Right. You're going to start to see more of these right now as we see some of these uh, mitigations lax. Yeah, if I'm if I'm inside a crowded place, I I, I wear my mask. I don't, I don't care what the CDC is saying these days. <laughs> uh, our text line uh, says, uh, "Have had both vaccines and one booster. My uh, will will my second booster cover the new strain? Should I get it now? I was told by my physician to wait until October. It's not, I mean, it's not even available right now, is it?" Correct. It's not available. It'll be available September, October. So I can understand the physician there. You've already been boosted once. So certainly that if you got boosted today, it does not have the BA5 in it. So what that physician is saying, you know what, you're covered really well right now. I want you to wait until we get coverage for the BA5, which will be September, October. So certainly a lot of physicians are leaning this way. Um, and I would follow the recommendations of your doctor. He, he knows your health history better than I do. But certainly a booster now will not protect you from BA5, but the booster in October will. 773 area code. I still have ringing in my ears after my Pfizer vaccination last October. Anything more coming out regarding the side effect? Yes. Yeah, so that's exactly what we were talking about before about the Novavax and saying if there were less side effects from that vaccine. Now, ringing in the ears was one that some individuals got because of their neurologic uh, impact of this illness. Um, and it sometimes has resolved in people. There's no real treatment for it, unfortunately. But if you're an individual who is at high risk, then certainly I would look to say, okay, is the Novavax vaccine better for me? Because now I'm going to get the protection without the side effect profile from the mRNA va- uh, vaccines. So certainly talk to your doctor um, to see if that's an option. This is Jim here on WGN with Dr. Kevin Most. 
Hi, Jim. Hey, how are you guys today? Good. Uh, sorry, I'm out of my walk here. That's okay. hey, Good uh, for my you. Question, I know I'm trying to get there. Try to get out of that obese category. There you go. Hey, uh, anyway, a uh, question for doctors. Why would stick it, Why is it taking so long to get those 50 and under people getting their fourth vaccine, the second booster? It doesn't make sense to me. These are the people that are spreading it around and because they're at all the events. Jim, <clears throat> Jim, you're spot on. And as a matter of fact, if you listen to Dean on a regular basis, I said this about a month ago saying, the CDC is going to recommend 50 and under this week. <clears throat> well, I take the egg off my face because what they did is they looked at it and said, all right, it's a healthy group right now. They're doing okay. BA5 is not too bad. Let's have them wait until the vaccine is available for both BA5 and for COVID. I'm not sure I agree with it, but certainly that's the, the thought that they took and the thought that they're going to stand on. But you're really spot on. This 39 to 50-year-old group is the group that is really spreading the illness right now, so trying to protect them as much as possible. But the CDC, I think, is taking the argument of, hey, you know what, let's make sure we had a vaccine that will protect them from BA5 and we'll wait these six weeks or eight weeks before we have that in the hopes that the spread slows. And uh, uh, props to uh, him, by the way, out on a Sunday morning getting his steps in. you gotta, you got to applaud that. Absolutely. You know, I should, probably should have led with that, Jim. Congrats and good for you to get out there. I think you said something you're fighting a little obesity. Hey, you know what? It's diet and exercise. They're going to take that down, take down your blood pressure, make you at less risk for any COVID stuff as well. So good for you. And we should all be doing that. I went for my walk early this morning and at least knocked out those. Good for you. Good for you both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with uh, with just about a minute left here, uh, Kev, what do we need to know about uh, the monkeypox right now? Yeah, you know, I think you're going to continue to see monkeypox cases uh, just continue to spread and increase. The reason being is that there's this three-week lag from when you're exposed to when you uh, get the symptoms. And certainly we're going to see the vaccine not be as available as we need it. So certainly one of the big things that we've changed in the past week is that instead of getting the full dose of vaccine, like we talked last week, they did approve so that the vaccine can now be given to five individuals instead of just one by going just under the skin. So certainly, hopefully, that will slow the spread, but it's still going to take a couple of months before we get it under control. All right. We'll keep uh, our eye on that story. Uh, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Always a pleasure. Enjoy your Sunday there, my friend. Thanks, Gene. We'll talk soon. Gaga at Wrigley Field tomorrow. Gaga and he's knocking out the hits at Wrigley Field tomorrow. Hey, see what I did nice. there. I like what you do there. See what I did there. I've seen her at Wrigley Field uh, before. She is quite amazing. She is quite the musician. Uh, and uh, I'd mentioned I saw I went to Las Vegas and I saw her jazz and standard show that she does where, you know, Schwanee, it's like the great American songbook. Yeah, that's the show I want to see. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm sure, I hope she does some of that uh, tomorrow night uh, as part of her Chromatica ball tour, as it's being called. I'm sure she'll do uh, a lot of her hits, like this one. <clears throat> I'm sure she'll do the Top Gun uh, song that she's got out right now from the movie Top Gun Maverick. But uh, I, I'd be shocked if she didn't do a section uh, honoring Tony Bennett because that's what she's been doing and doing some of these great uh, standards. You know, you, you think of Gaga with all the crazy costumes and, and all that, but uh, when she sits down at a grand piano 
she's a magnificent musician and uh, you you get a sense of truly what a great 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 uh singer that she is so it should be a lot of fun and my first time at wrigley field this year really i'm going tomorrow night hmm. well you're one step ahead of me i haven't been there yet <laughs> no well, you don't have to bring your glove you're good <laughs> I should i should you never know you never know what's gonna happen there uh, yeah, so we'll be uh, reporting on that. It should be uh, lots of fun. You know, we were talking about things uh, that we've done uh, this weekend so far. Uh, Shwani did some uh, barbecuing. I went to the Bud Billiken parade uh, yesterday. Andy got a sinus infection. Yeah. He knows how to have a good time. Boy, I tell you. For a weekend. Hang with me. Uh, producer Jack, uh, tell, tell what you did this weekend. I think you top us all. <laughs> I was... Uh... In the middle of Wisconsin at a tractor pull working it for Math TV. So tractor pull, yeah, that sounds cool. It was it was the first time I've been there. Was, show of hands on the show who's been to a tractor pull before. Don't all raise your hands at once. None of us. <laughs> None of us. <laughs> None of us. Just you. What happens at a tractor pull? Uh, so I'm bas- guessing tractors are involved. Yeah. So they'll mod them. They'll change it like the engine and. Do a bunch of different things, and they What's have that called modding, modding them, like modding. They modify, yeah, like modify the tractors. Yeah, okay. Um, so like they'll paint it with all the. It's like legit stuff. Like they bring like all these big trailers. They have like names. It's like a whole big thing. They design it however they want. Basically, they're pulling a sled, like a weighted sled, and it's basically how far you can pull. It's just like a not even a half mile dirt track, and they just hook them up to the sled and then they see how far they can pull with the weight and then and they, they come back and, and uh i mean is it a competition or a, yeah it's whoever has the longest distance pulled i guess like the longest one i heard was like 390 yeah something like that but uh, at some point do some of the tractors just give up or yeah. i mean or they, they just can't pull anymore yeah sometimes so like they have different classes what they're calling they for specific weight classes or different sleds and whatnot huh. so uh yeah, some of them blew. Like, they just tried to go, and then it didn't, and the engine blew, and they had oh, to pull them off. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Explosions? So, yeah. Explosions? Uh, we didn't have an explosion, but a couple of the engines, one of them caught on fire yesterday. Oh, but. see, now there's... Yeah. <laughs> Beat that's the sinus a, infection. That's a good yeah. time. <laughs> when you get a raging fire on a tractor, that's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun, though. Good food? Was there good food there? Uh, I didn't... I was working, so I didn't really go into the food uh, that see. much. Um, the food we got delivered was good. I'm what they have. Uh, I'm guessing it was like del- if it's in yeah. Wisconsin, like delicious brats. Yeah, they had, the, have like some brats on the grill. Curds. Pop. Yeah, cheese. There's cheese curds there. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of your typical popcorn, a lot of beer, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more thing, you guys. That we're going to put on the list where we're going to do our show. There we go. We'll put it on the list, but of course, never do it because that's what we do. On <laughs> we just like to make lists. We just like making lists. We're good list makers. Yeah. So, uh, okay, tractor pull for the Sunday morning show. I got it written down. To be done. Sounds good. All right. Well, here's my big contribution this morning. Uh, I found out how Cardi B, the singer Cardi B, Schwani, you you know Cardi B, don't you? Um. <laughs> well. I'll bet if you heard one I've of her heard songs, the name. I'll bet if you heard one of her songs, you probably have heard it before. She's, you know, she's uh, one of these singers that the kid Jack loves her. For example, Jack couldn't be a bigger Cardi B fan. Yeah, I love Cardi B. Yeah, see, yeah, the young kids, good Sean. stuff. The young kids love their Cardi B. Okay, 
Uh, Can I go to the tractor pull again? And she is. Uh, I had to work that in there. <laughs> I wonder where you went when Jack was <laughs> Jack was explaining all this, and Shawnee steps away. Yeah. You went to get the sound effect. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you know him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not annoying at all. Hey. <laughs> not, yeah, that's not an annoying sound at all. So, singer Cardi B is a very beautiful woman also, and she has exceptionally beautiful hair. And she revealed the secret to her hair's beauty. She, she washes it in boiled onion water. Boiled onion. What? Mm-hmm. Boiled onion water. Uh, she posted all this on Instagram because it, it, it's not really true until you post it somewhere on social media. But uh, she said that she started this treatment six years ago, uh, and she said it's odorless, which I don't understand how boiling onions can be odorless. Yeah, I don't either. She says that it is. And uh, she noticed that it, it gave a big shine to her hair. I don't know how you even start, like, where you... How do you discover onion water to put this on your hair? I don't understand how you do. But uh, somebody uh, asked uh, Healthline magazine about this, and it says that I should have asked Dr. Kevin most about this. Onions contain compounds that enhance dry and damaged hair and can also encourage hair growth, treat alopecia, and reverse grain. So, hmm. may want to give that a try. Are you implying that I'm turning gray? Well, you are. <laughs> I don't really think I need to imply it. <laughs> Anyone with two eyes can <laughs> pretty much see what's going on. <laughs> Andy, do you have a little gray? A little gray in the beard. Yeah, yeah it's I in the beard, right by my chin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, get some onion uh, juice. Get some onion water. Maybe that'll help with my uh, voice, too. Boil some onion water. Gargle it. You know, my grandmother was big on these home, uh, you know, kind of remedies. These these kinds of things where, you know, she would... Uh, 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 I'll, I'll think of uh, some of them that she used to do. But, you know, some of the old timers, uh, they were big on these, like, you know, home treatments like that. Did you have any of those, Shawani, growing up? A hot toddy. You know, if you had a bad cold yeah. or, a, a, you know, a sinus infection like Andy's dealing with, uh, you know, the, the old hot toddies. Yes. You know, with a tea. Uh, Shot of booze in it. Well, when I was 10, I didn't get that. But, I, you know, the lemons and honey in the, uh, in the mix. Maybe some cloves or some sort of a, of a spice like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that I think about that, though, with the hot toddies... Uh, my dad and my grandmother both, they were big on uh, the hot tea with lemon, mm. shot of booze, mm-hmm. shot of, uh, I think it was usually bourbon. Now, I don't know if that was supposed to treat the illness or just <laughs> not, knock you out. For, so you'd shut up for a little, little while. A little bit of both. May have been just to keep you quiet for a little while. And my grandmother was big on the uh, blackberry brandy all the ah, time. Okay. Something was wrong, no matter what you had wrong with you. Could have been a hangnail. 
Pour the blackberry some brandy. She was a big fan of the brandy black, on the, black the, on the hangnail. Bra- blackberry brandy. And you know what else she was a fan of? Vicks Vapor Rub. Oh, yes. Oh. The Vicks Vapor Rub for just about everything. Yep. Vicks Vapor Rub and the Vaporizer. Yes. That you put on the, on the desk. Yeah. yeah. Add them both. Mm-hmm. Well, here's, uh, you know, my, my dad was a. Um, he worked at the American Can Company over on North uh, on Southwestern Avenue. Uh, he was a truck driver, <laughs> so naturally, he was uh, you know had all the good medical advice uh, <laughs> that he would dispense. And he figured that if it was good to put the Vicks Vapor Rub on your chest, it would be even better if you took a spoonful of it and ate it. No, can't even tell you the number of no times. number of times. Uh, he would open the Vicks jar, put the uh, like a teaspoon in there, get a big goop of it, and make you eat it. Oh, you you actually did this? Yeah. Oh wow. Yep. Hmm. Anybody Never else went that far? Anybody else with the nutty home rem- remedies? Oi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hear all kinds of them now. I don't mean to be insulting to my father's medical knowledge, but <laughs> I think I think it was literally. I ne- I never really discussed it with him when he got older, uh, but I I think his logic must have been if it's good on the outside, it's going to be good on the inside. It must, must also be good on the inside. <laughs> and I remember it. Tasted, I can't imagine what that would taste it like. It tasted horrible. I have no doubt. Yeah. I mean, there was a, like a little menthol taste to it. But <laughs> after that, it was pretty much, you know, like taking a teaspoon of motor oil. <laughs> and that had solidified, that too. That had solidified, right. You gotten all gelatinous. <laughs> And you you took a big scoop of it, oh! But I know people who uh, you know have taken like garlic, mashed up garlic, and they make a like a compound to put on a wound. I've, I've, yeah, oh I've, sure, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah, yep, yep. Oh, here, look. Wait a minute. My dad, <laughs> my dad may have not, not been uh, too far off. Here is the two one nine area code, Schwanee from your neck of the woods. Okay. My mom also made us eat Vicks on a small piece of bread. Hmm. Wow. About that. Hmm. Hmm. No, we never went that far. Use the vapor rub, you know, as a rub it on your chest, but, uh, yeah. you know, not, uh, n- never ate it. <laughs> not even close. Somebody else uh, is uh, speculating that eating Vicks vapor rub could have caused my hair loss. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. You, you may be 100%. Up until now, you blame me for it. Yeah, well, I think, I, I have no doubt in my mind you contributed to it. But Oh, here, now, see, look at this. Uh, my, my mom would put Vicks in a cup of hot tea. Hmm. I don't think my dad was, uh, I don't think my dad was that far off. I mean, at least what uh, some other parents were doing. Wow. Well, maybe he heard this from somebody he worked with. Well, he did go to the PTA meetings and always talk with the... <laughs> he was always talking with the ladies in the PTA meeting. How do you use Vicks? <laughs> you know what I do? I put it on a piece of bread. 
Uh, a spoonful of Vicks with the bread helps yeah. the medicine go oh, down. Right, right. In a most delightful way. And you know it was Wonder Bread. It wasn't like, you know, whole, whole wheat bread or no. any, anything. Silver you, cup. Yeah, silver cup. <laughs> silver cup. Silver cup or Wonder Bread, exactly. Butternut, silver cup. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 815 area code. My mom has always, uh, my mom's go-to has always been gargle with warm salt water. Oh, yeah. 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 Sure. That's what I advise. Definitely did that. That's what I advise everyone. Still do. do. Yeah. I still do. Uh, it says here that my dentist had me rinse with salt water after some recent dental work, and it works. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, salt water is, uh, you know, that's the, that's, that's the, the, the wonder cure. Uh, what is this one here? This would be... Uh, I don't see the area code on here. I guess it doesn't matter. But it says, my Greek grandfather thought uh, homemade yogurt cured anything. Hmm. So you could eat it or wipe it on. I don't know. Yeah. Here's a delicious uh, remedy from the 847 area code. Uh, my mother-in-law always used garlic and warm milk with honey and a shot of whiskey. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> Mashed garlic and honey is an excellent poultice, very antibiotic, used for ages. Yeah, see, I I know that I'd heard that where people mash up garlic and. Mm-hmm. You know. mm-hmm. uh, here's someone uh, from the three one two area code saying, uh, "Vix Vapor Rub is a uh, could be a very poisonous, <laughs> a poisonous mixture. It's made of camphor, eucalyptus oil, and menthol. Camphor." is poisonous when swallowed can cause seizures coma or death even in small amounts according to this listener uh so 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 apparently my dad almost murdered me <laughs> here try this <laughs> what are you doing with the what are you doing with the fix i put mine on bread and make the kids eat it Soon they'll all be dead, and we can all run away together. Uh, or we'll put it on a Ritz cracker. <laughs> oh, that would be tasty. I love a good Ritz cracker. I love a Ritz you cracker. You know what? You know what Vix would be good in? Bugles. Oh, oh yes, yes. Bu- bugles. Bugles make everything better, even if it's camphor. <laughs> And, like could, a, and could kill you. You could fill. You could fill up the bugle. Yeah. Not just dip it. Yeah. But you dip, fill it. You, you know, dip it right in. Chalk yeah. it full, and then chew on it. That's a delicious <laughs> treat, right there. Eight four seven area code. My father drank onion water when he had a cold or sore throat. Hmm. Look at that. Look at these uh, home remedies here. Three one two nine eight one seven. 200 wow wait a minute 708 area code when we had ear aches uh they would blow cigar smoke in my ear (laughs) (laughs) what wow (laughs) hey where's my dutch master cigar (laughs) i have to blow some cigar smoke in juniors the la polinas the la polinas (laughs) Hey, where did I put my pack of Swisher Dutch, Sweets? Oh, yes. Tipperillos. <laughs> Tipperillos. Uh, wow. Cigar smoking beer. That, I think you win the, I yep. think you win the weirdo prize. That's the today. one. Now, uh, my mother used to give me a bowl filled with vinegar and salt 
to put on mosquito bites to, hmm. to take the itch away. Well, that kind of makes sense. I guess so. You know, it would neutralize the, 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 vinegar uh, the would sensation neutralize. there, yeah. the itch, right. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Let me see. We used, we used uh, cigars to remove ticks. It works great. So basically, How? Basically, what? You would burn the tick yeah, off? I was going, that's what mm. I was wondering. Mm. Or smoke. Uh, we wouldn't. We we didn't want to waste the cigars because in case we had an earache, we didn't. Two six two area code. Uh, remember having mustard packs put on my chest. No idea how it was made. I have no idea either. But I remember people talking about it. when we were kids. Yeah, you got to get a mustard pack. Anyone know what that is? No. No. Is it like French's mustard, yellow mustard? I don't know. I have no idea. Or the mustard seed? I I, I don't know. No idea. Hmm. Uh, Warm vinegar was great great for ear infections. Uh, My favorite remedy, uh, I, I, I mash a tablespoon of oatmeal with two tablespoons of water to make it milky. Tear a piece of paper towel, dip it in the mixture, and put it on any insect bite to immediately stop the itch. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, does like apple cinnamon oatmeal work the same way? Or I don't know. This is very instant, or the steel cut oatmeal. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. If anybody knows about that mustard pack, I'd be curious. Donna, how about you? What was your home remedy? Hi, yeah. When I was about five, I had a really bad rash all over my body, and the doctors didn't know what it was, so my mom used milk and magnesia all over me because she said if it works inside, it should work on the outside, and it did. See? Look at that. And it did work? I have no idea how. It worked, yeah. My rash was gone, and but I was, you know, covered in milk and magnesia for days. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like chalky, isn't it? White and chalky? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You drink it, you know, but she felt that it would work on the outside as well as the inside. So how, how, it did work. How very interesting. These these home remedies are so interesting. Donna, I hope you have yeah. a great day today. Thank you for the call. Thank you. 10.37. This is Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. Is uh, just one one of the many Elton John written songs from the pre-Broadway world premiere of the Devil Wears Prada musical that is over at the Niederlander Theater on Randolph Street for one more week and before it uh, heads off to New York. Uh, the official world premiere uh, opening night was uh, just during this past week, and I was there. And uh, let me tell you something, how much I had uh, so much fun uh, watching this show. And people that I've been talking to all week long, I mean, average people who have gone to the show, theater fans, had so much fun, like I did, uh, watching this show. I mean, you you may know the story from the original novel. You may know the story from the uh, movie version that came out that starred Anne Hathaway and Meryl Streep and Stanley Tucci. Uh, but now they've added these uh, Elton John songs uh, to the song. This is the one that I can't get out of my head all week. Uh, the uh, uh, Dress Your Way Up. 
uh, with Javier Munoz, uh, who, who does the Stanley Tucci role, uh, doing the kind of the lead vocal, at least of the clip of, that we heard here. Uh, it, it's just so much fun. The performances are great. The ensemble is great. Uh, it, 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 it follows true to the story for which you may be familiar. But you know what? If you've never seen Devil Wears Prada, the movie, or read the book, the whole thing still makes perfect sense to you. I think it's really uh, well well put together. And the performances <clears throat> are so good. Javier, who's uh, been on the show with us the past few weeks, uh, is terrific. Uh, also, uh, Taylor Iman Jones, who plays Andy, that's the Anne Hathaway role, uh, is uh, terrific in this as role uh, as well as, uh, you know, she comes into the, the biggest fashion magazine in the world, <clears throat> really not knowing anything about fashion or having much interest in it and uh, becoming very, very uh, much interested in it. It's kind of a metamorphosis for this character, but uh, truly one of... Uh, my favorite performances uh, in the Devil Wears Prada musical is by our guest who joins us on the phone right now, for which I'm very thankful that uh, you are able to be with us today because I've been a fan. Uh, Beth Level is a Tony Award winner for her performance in The Drowsy Chaperone, but she's been in many, many uh, Broadway productions uh, and in uh, all kinds of television and uh, motion picture projects, and she plays Miranda Priestley in the Devil Wears Prada musical, uh, the Meryl Streep. The role. Miranda Priestley, yes. <laughs> the Miranda. Make no mistake on which Miranda Make no Priestley. Mistake. <laughs> uh, Beth, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And Thank uh, you, Dean. I just, I just have to tell you how much I enjoyed the evilness. <laughs> of, of your... I have to tell you how much I enjoy the evil. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be so much fun playing it a role really like is. that. Um, I usually, my roles I play are usually the, you know, heart of gold, um, flawed neighbor next door with the big belt song. And people are going, you're too nice to play Miranda Priestley. It's like, oh, nay, nay. I have an inner Miranda Priestley that is having such a good time yeah. in Chicago coming out. Yeah. Why, why is that? That I've, I've talked to so many actors and they say they love playing evil. Is that because you, you can't really do that in real life? It, I think so. It, I think that's probably why we became actors. So, you know, embrace and find that part of ourselves that we don't really have in real life. And she's so much fun to be so bad and the audience there's a line i have in the show which i think just sums it up it said uh equally loved and despised simultaneously and yeah. that's what miranda is and to watch her work i just think it's fascinating just yeah. fascinating and it's a lot of fun yeah i mean she's she's a terror uh but at just the same time terror. at the same time there is there's such a vulnerability about um miranda ultimately also uh, that, Thank you. That goes into this. So, so, I mean, that's it's the duality of this, I think, that make, must exactly. make it so juicy to play, I guess, right? Oh, yeah. Juicy is a very good word. Because if she was just one thing, it would kind of be boring. But, you know, she's one of the most, Miranda Priestley's one of the most powerful women in the world. And to obtain that status, I think, has taken a toll. But she's still a mother. She's still, you know, a woman. She still has all these other aspects of her so that also makes it really fun to dive into and when we were rehearsing and just exploring the your like you were saying the duality of 
Miranda Priestley. But then again, then I get to say really crude lines like, watch your step. <laughs> it's just, and the audience just, they just eat it up. And it's so satisfying. <laughs> can imagine. Uh, have you been having a good time in Chicago, number one? Uh, I wish I could say I had more time. I wish I was staying longer so I could really explore Chicago. Yeah. Because when you come in to do, to do an out of Broadway, out of town tryout, what I see is my hotel room and the theater. Yeah. The hotel room, the theater. And we have one day off and we scurry to go on the uh, boat ride for the architectural tour of Chicago yeah. or we go to a restaurant that someone has recommended. But I, this is such a fabulous city and such a supportive theater community. And I just can't think of a better place to have given birth to this show than in Chicago. Yeah, Taylor uh, uh, was on our uh, morning television show the other day, and she was telling me she'd just come off of the architectural cruise. Yeah, uh, our whole cast went. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, that that's fantastic, and I, I understand how busy you must be. I mean, it, just when you're doing a show, you must be busy. But when it is a pre-Broadway run like this, there, oh my she was telling me that literally there would be pages and pages of changes every single day on this because that, it's in previews, yeah, that, really. That's the gig. That's the gig. When you go in, a lot of the people are making their broad will be making their Broadway debut. And you know, Mima, this is my fourteenth Broadway show. <laughs> so I'm like, children, this is normal. Just take a deep breath and do the best you can. I remember one day, the week before we opened, we got thirty new pages. Wow, that's how do you <laughs> even, like, how do you even okay. remember that, Beth? How do you even remember like all those changes? Well, you know what? Maybe I write some things down on my arm. No, I don't. Uh, there's a little. <laughs> My dresser, um, bless his heart, Tim, I, if it was a new line, I would give him a piece of paper. And as I'm doing a quick change, he would read the new line to uh-huh. me, and then I would go on stage. And then, you know, eventually it gets in your muscles, and you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. But it was, it's, um, it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. And yet we still do it, and we still find joy in it, and it's a challenge. And it's, uh, like I said... Thanks, Chicago, for uh, being our scene partner here. Yeah, Taylor Taylor was telling me with all those changes that, you know, sometimes she'd go on stage and uh, par- part of her dialogue would be yesterday's script and part of it would be today's <laughs> script. That, you know, and you, you just try to kind of hold it together until you get used to what the, new, what the new changes are. One night, there's a huge thing at the end of Act 1, the, the Met Gala Ball, and there, they had changed that a lot that afternoon. And I was so panicked, not panicked, I was so on task to make sure I made this costume change that I left the scene with Taylor where I, I am supposed to say, my daughter called me from Ibiza last night. And this is beautiful moment. But I was so worried about making my costume change that I left. And they started to do the change and I missed that part <laughs> of the scene. And it's like, oh, no, I have to go. I'm, I literally run back on. And this fabulous ensemble has already started moving the furniture. And I, I turned it to Miranda. I said, wait. And they just froze, and I did the scene. Oh, that's great. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I, then I ran off. And it was, but as I was running off, it's like, Beth, you still have that scene. It's like, oh, oh, right. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, good time. Good time. But since the opening this past week, though, uh, what Taylor told me was that it's, it's locked in now, at least for a little while. It is. Yeah. For Chicago. Yeah. They, um. I'm sure we will go back into rehearsal for when what 
take what we've learned here in Chicago, the creatives and and the cast, and uh, keep making the show better and better and better. Yeah, I but boy, do they! At the end of the show, every night here in Chicago, it is kind of like a rock concert. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna miss that. Yeah, it's re- it's really uh, fun. At the end, the whole cast comes out, and you know, yeah. there, there's another another performance, and the audience is uh, up on their feet and you know going crazy. I want to talk about Chicago's influence on uh, what this production will be as it heads to New York. This production, headed by Chicago's own Anna B. Shepard, uh, Shapiro, uh, we'll come right. right back and talk more with Tony Award winner Beth Level next. The ladies so much that she gloats I know you've got standards feel free to give notes Beth Lovell joining us this morning starring Miranda uh, the Meryl Streep role in The Devil Wears Prada but in this case this song from The Prom that you originated that Meryl Streep wound up taking over Go figure what the heck's going on here? This is like a back and Me forth. Me and Barrel have four degrees of separation. <laughs> Did I do uh, hope to meet her one day? You know, she was so generous in her when she was filming the movie The Prom about her praise for the cast, the Broadway company. So I just thought that was so gracious. Yeah, well, I mean, she was she was great in that as as you are yeah. in taking over this role that she did uh, on in uh, the movie uh, The Devil Wears Prada, the musical is at the Nederlander Theater uh, until uh, August 21st. Only one more week here in Chicago. And right. then uh, at some point, it'll go to New York. I don't think they've announced uh, a date for this yet. Am I, am I correct on that? You are correct. We're just, you know, waiting with bated breath. Yeah. We're ready. Um, so what, what's it like for you? What, what has been the Chicago influence? So I, I've talked to so many directors and performers saying they like doing their out-of-town tryouts here in Chicago because they... They love the audiences here. What do you get back from a Chicago audience that informs well, your performance? That's a great question. Um, a, coming into Chicago, everyone was saying Chicago is such a theater town and loves theater. So immediately we feel that. We feel that they're sitting in the audience to support us, to encourage us, and to celebrate theater. Technically, we need someone in the audience to tell us what works and what doesn't work. And it's kind of sometimes like a math problem, if I could speak personally. If we get a line and it doesn't get a laugh, we figure out with the audience how to get a laugh. Mm-hmm. And we and the audiences teach us that in Chicago. Last night, I finally figured out how to get this laugh. And it's like, I see, I should have been doing that. And the audiences teach you that. And the Chicago audience is it just, they're supportive and smart and will love the theater. Yeah. And they just, they'll, you know, you know when they're screaming at the end of a number, if the number works, if they're not, then something needs to be tweaked. It's so important for a show, in my opinion, to have that preview audience, to have that out-of-town audience. Because they're the one that is going to show you the path to what's going to make your show great. Yeah, and you could not you you could not have a better uh, cheerleader uh, talk about Chicago influences than uh, Anna B. Shapiro, longtime artistic director of the Steppenwolf yeah. Theater, who is your director uh, in Devil Wears Prada the musical. What's that experience like for you? Oh, she's so terrific. She's such a leader. She's such a great storyteller. 
And she is such, she's so smart. And to have her leading this musical with her expertise and her love of Chicago, we were excited to be here for her as well, because this is her town. And to celebrate her genius here. She, I just can't think of a better person to have directed this musical than Anna. Yeah. And I hope I work with her many, 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 many more times. Yeah, it was, uh, I've interviewed her uh, so many times and, you know, she's, uh, I I mean this in the nicest way possible, you know, very like focused and stoic. Uh, And she got a little emotional on stage for the curtain call on opening night. That's sweet. uh, Saying that her her kids were uh, at at an opening night for the first time. It was interesting, too, because she came up to me before opening and she said, I have to say something. At Curtain Call, I'm like, yeah, this is the difference between musicals and plays. When you have a big opening of a new musical, the director comes out, you say a few words, maybe get some flowers. And she was flabbergasted. And she said, she was standing next to me at the Curtain Call opening night. And I just had my arm around her going, isn't this fabulous? I love you. Go say something beautiful. And yeah. then she said that with her kids. And uh, oh, we all got so emotional because it, it's so much putting up a new musical particularly in the land of COVID as well. Right. You know, we've had to deal with that, and it's taken away some of the rehearsal time, but we have these superstar swings and understudies who have kept the show up. They are truly the heroes yeah. in Chicago and in New York and I, wherever there's theater done. I mean, any time, uh, you know, during the during the pandemic, I mean, shows just, everything just shut down for a while, and then things... Right. Uh, got back up and running again and once in a while you know somebody would be out sick they would they would test positive for your show you you've had like an inordinate i mean the show was delayed it was supposed to open pre-pandemic but then once you did three years yeah three years in the making and and then once you did open several cast members despite uh constant testing and protocols i mean it just happens uh, this happens. Yeah, people. Did did you wind up coming down with anything? I have spit, spit, spit. Not ever had COVID. Oh boy! All right. Well, I just jinxed that so for right. you. Sorry. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm glad that's worked out. What what Thank is you. what is the pressure like when you are doing a brand new piece of work like this? No one's ever it's heard enormous. it before. Yeah. Yeah, it's enormous and joyous at the same time. Uh, it's if you can mix your greatest fear with your greatest joy, it's kind of a combination of that. And once you get past opening night, particularly here in Chicago with the audiences being so great, your your meter goes more to, oh, my gosh, this is such a privilege and joyous. And this is what we do. This is my task. This is my joy to bring you laughter and storytelling and music and entertainment and let you escape for a while with this beautiful show and this fabulous theater. It, but yeah, it's it's uh, exhilaratingly terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and because this whole thing is set in the fashion world, I mean, the costumes oh, are amazing uh, with this. Aren't they unbelievable? They are gorgeous. And the sets, oh. by the way, I don't want to give anything away, but there there are some things that happen physically with... Uh, the sets and the scenery that uh, are, are mind-blowing. They're just so creative and clever. Uh, that so, one moment, I know what you're talking about, yes. but I don't want to give it away either. But yeah. Let me tell you, 
when they were teching that, which means when they were running it without the actors, our stage manager, Holly, asked the cast over the God mic, which is the microphone. She said, do you mic. want to sit in the, I oh, know, because it's like the voice of God, yeah, right. come in the house. So we all, the cast and the people and the dressers and the crew that weren't working, came and sat in the audience and watched this particular set change. Yeah. And we cried. It's stunning. <laughs> it really is stunning. I mean, visually, in addition to everything else that's happening, the performances, the music, uh, you know, the, the, the costumes, etc. Just the what, what's happening on stage is... That is pure theater right there, where a lot, yep. a lot often is now done electronically. This is something that is old school, mind blowing theatricality. Theatricality, yeah, exactly. goosebump inducing. Yep. It is gas pearl clutching theater. Exactly, exactly worth seeing. Uh, and uh, you know, talking about the music too, uh, with uh, you know, Elton John wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all was was there much involvement i know he met the cast and got together with the cast that must have been fun it really was um i didn't know we knew he was coming uh right before opening but i didn't know if he was a kind of a house goes dark and you sneak in but no he made an entrance and i hear over the monitors we'd already gotten places um, I hear them over the monitors, the audience starting to scream. I'm like, <laughs> Elton's here. Yeah. <laughs> and he sat down with his husband, David, who is one of our producers. And then he came backstage after the show yeah. and just told us how much he loved the show. And we were just able to be in his oxygen. I'm like, oh, Hi. Elton John, your your songs are the catalog of my life. Right, soundtrack of my life. Exactly. I get you know. I remember where I was when I you know Benny and the Jets. Oh right, I was in college. I, oh, I remember I was dating that person. Right. Oh right, I remember that song. Yeah. Uh, so a, a texter, that was kind of a, a, a thrill. A texter on our text line, uh, mm-hmm. Dean. Not sure if you're interviewing Beth Level live or on tape. She's live. She's live today. <laughs> tell her Tell her. I remember a beautifully poignant performance that she gave as Mrs. Bixby in the Civil War. The, oh, my gosh. The Alley Theater in Houston. Houston. Uh, is, Before it. Yeah. That's so thoughtful. <laughs> yeah. Um, before it came to New York, we were at the Alley Theater in Houston. It was a beautiful show. Uh, didn't run very long. But it, again, it was one of those roles that I, don't, I am not used past him yeah. she was you know it was a, i sang a song about losing and this is based on a true story losing all five of her sons oh jeez and the civil war yeah it was a very funny song i'm kidding yeah <laughs> comedy it was a farce uh-huh. yeah, the whole thing yeah, was yeah, a yeah. farce uh, so Beth, funny. it's uh, the Devil Wears Prada musical. It's over at the Nederlander Theater until August 21st only. Get a ticket before it goes and check it out. You will have so much fun uh, watching this whole production. And Beth Level is just absolutely fantastic in it as Miranda. Oh, thank you, Dean. It is such thank a you so much to talk to you, Beth. Thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. And thank you, Chicago, for, for the love and support. Grateful. Have a great Sunday, Beth. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dean. I know it may seem like uh, absolutely no preparation goes into the show, but we work meticulously all week. Up until the last second the, the second of the, the show. The moment, the second, the microsecond. The that, nanosecond. That today's show ends is when we begin working on next week's show. <laughs> Got to do it.
<laughs> Indeed. And that's why I do uh, all of my preparation for this next segment that will be coming up in, in less than 30 seconds in our elevator here at 303 East Wacker Drive, our new feature. That's our new feature for the oh, morning. Yeah, yes. what I learned in the elevator, because it's got one of those TV screens in there, and it's constantly flashing, you know, like little factoids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for I don't know, how long have we been in this building since we left the old dump on oh. Michigan Avenue? <laughs> Three years, four years? Three, yeah, four, yeah. You know, you come up and down in this building all the time, and I, each time I'm in there, it's like, oh, that was really interesting. That's interesting. That's an interesting fact. I never knew that. And I don't know why it took me three years to figure out I need to move that information here to the program so everyone can enjoy it. I saw something interesting in the elevator. Okay, well, reading what, the screen today. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe it's the same thing that I saw. Okay, we'll find out if you're about to completely detonate my segment. No, uh, I'm adding to it. Okay, well, if it's the same thing, it's no, it's going to be a problem. No, all right, uh, that is coming up right after this. <laughs> Well, it's not a balloon, but it is Elevator H, my favorite of all the elevators here in 303 East Wacker Drive, home of WGN Radio, where we have, uh, what do you call that, Uh, like an info monitor. Infotainment. Infotainment uh, that they have in the elevator, because God forbid you should have a 20 or 30 second ride up to the 18th floor and not be entertained by something. And it flashes uh, the weather, get the get full weather forecast, you get sports scores, and little uh, bits of information. And that's why we begun our new feature, Up, Up, and Away, Things <laughs> I've Learned in the 303 East Wacker Drive elevator today. And, Chwani, you learned something. Yes, I did. Apparently in the uh, elevator today. I did. And hopefully... Hopefully it's not the same thing that I learned. I'm always curious to find out new information. We are we are hounds for new information, Shwani and I. And today, Andy, this really is in your uh, area. Okay. Today I learned that Tom Brady is the NFL's top earner. Yes. It took him 45 years. I took a picture of this because I <laughs> wanted to make sure that I didn't forget. Uh, it took him 45 years, seven Super Bowl wins, and a brief retirement. But Tom Brady is finally the NFL's highest-paid player. Uh, the Bucks QB will earn seventy-five million dollars this year, including forty-five million from off-field endeavors, according to Forbes magazine. I don't know why I found that surprising. Well, he was a six-round draft choice coming out of Michigan, and uh, nobody really expected much of him. And he's probably going to go down as the greatest of all time. I, I would just think with some of the greatest of all time yeah. that they, you know, that uh, Brady might not have hit that mark yet of, you know, being the, the top paid uh, uh, guy or yeah. that Aaron Rodgers might be, uh, you know, uh, he's got to be close to being one of the top paid. right? He may have him as far as average annual value of his contract. But, you know, you mentioned that uh, Brady's making a lot of money off the field as well. Well, that's what I learned yeah. up, up and away. In today's elevator ride here to the 18th floor. Shwani, what did you learn? I was on elevator J. That's also a nice elevator. Yeah. And I learned. H is still my favorite. H, H is, the is go-to. your favorite? It's the go to. H is well, yeah. <laughs> it's the one. That's the one everybody's doing, right? Yeah. yeah. 
No, I was on Elevator J. You rebel, you. And I learned that it was 3.53 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> that is fascinating. I was astounded. I learned that we were on the 18th floor. <laughs> now, we have an elevator where you don't have to push buttons when you go in it. Correct. Somehow it reads your mind. Yeah. And it, you no, didn't want to let me in a couple weeks ago. Well, I, 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 that was by my instructions. That was by your <laughs> <laughs> I pre-programmed the elevator. It did not want to let me in. It did not admit me. Yeah. The uh, Actually, I had that happen to me last week where it wouldn't let me in. I, that was my doing. I, I, had to, I had to have somebody come and help because you, when you, you know, when you normally push the button to get the elevator mm-hmm. to call to call its attention, you have to put in what floor you're going to, then, right, and then wave your ID in front of it to make sure that you're authorized to go to that floor. Because, like, if I wanted to go to a different floor in this building, I assume it wouldn't let me go because I don't have authorization to go to a different floor. You know what I miss. Elevator operators, Aww. where you go in and you tell them what floor you want to go on. Right, right. Nice couch in the back there. Some elevators do have nice yeah. seating areas. Have a them. seat. Now, when's the last time you saw an elevator operator, Humphrey Bogart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Seriously? Go to the, I want to go to the fourth floor. Seriously? See? Seriously? I'm going up to see my dames up there on the fourth floor. <laughs> he said as he puffed on his cigar. Yeah. Uh, seriously? Uh, 1993, really? I saw an elevator operator. I was in Carthage, Missouri hmm. on my first Route 66 trip. And the courthouse there went back to the 1890s, and they still had the working elevator from Kidding. the 1890s there. And just for fun, I rode on the elevator. Yeah. You and made, you it was made, amazing. You made the guy go on an unnecessary on trip. On an unnecessary trip, you know, and it was pretty rickety. It was, you know... Uh, <laughs> did it have that cage? You know, it had the cage, remember? yes. You, you, oh, yeah. yes. you walk in and they close the cage yes. on you. And then the the guy or woman, I, I, it's mostly been, I think for me, mostly guys, but I, I imagine there must have been women elevator operators. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yep. Um, and uh, you go, uh, yeah, for, you know, for fourth floor, whatever. And then they, 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 they move that uh, lever, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a lever, mm-hmm. one way or the other. And yep. they get up to your floor and then they go up a little down a little up a little down a little that's <laughs> all they did all day long wow. we had a department store in hammond that had those operators into the 1960s i do not remember the last time i was in an elevator like that well i do andy have you ever been in one yeah in an old hotel <laughs> in uh in la jolla california hmm. oh that would be cool yeah one of the older hotels uh, right along the water the Coronado? Uh, actually, no, in La-, in La Jolla. Oh, in La Jolla. Fancy. Yeah. That was a long time ago, though. Bring uh, producer Jack into the uh, program, considerably younger than all of us. Do you even know what we're talking about, Jack? Do you have any idea? Uh, Apparently not. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Used to be in elevators. There was actually a person in the elevator who operated, you didn't push a button to get to what floor you wanted. You told the person, 
I want to go to the 18th floor. Interesting. And they, they, they close the outer elevator door, and then they close an inner elevator door that was usually a cage, right, Twenty. Yes, a cage or like those ex- bars. Expandable. That, yeah, like a folding gate type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Then they close it, and then they, they, exactly. they have this lever that operates the elevator that goes up or down. Hmm. Yeah, I've never been in one like that. That's your, <laughs> that's your ancient history lesson for today. Yeah, yeah. History lesson. Learn something. Your prehistoric. That's your prehistoric. Twenty for all you twenty-five year olds listening today, along with Jack. That is your ancient history lesson today. How how we got up and down in elevators years gone by. Who would have even thought? And now you don't even punch a button on the. You don't even have to do anything. You just sit there, and you learn fascinating facts on the television screen that's in the elevator. It's amazing. It's fascinating. You were the one that came up with all the pertinent information, though. What do you mean? Well, you were watching. You you obviously had a oh, more I've got important my, screen. I've got my phone ready. Yeah. I've got the phone ready because now this is a p- important part of the show. Okay. All right. For the people who can't actually come into the 303 East Wacker Drive building, and I don't think you can without top security clearance. <laughs> <laughs> I get a frisk down every time I come in the building. It's not required. I just ask for it. Special request. Somebody on the text line said that Marshall Fields on State Street used to have manual. Oh, I'm not surprised. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. I don't recall well, that, that building going back all. now 115 years or so. Sure, it would have. It would have had them. Yes. 224 area code. I worked at American Trust and Savings in Dubuque, Iowa, retiring in uh, 2017. When I left, we still still had elevator operators in the 12-story building. It's now called Midwest One Bank, and I think they still have them. Wow. That's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. It is. I love that it's providing jobs, number one, but it's just a really cool, old-school, you know, kind of... You know, like, look at, yeah, you know, nostalgic young, young, thing. Young Jack here, our producer, has never been in an elevator with an elevator operator. Right, right. And I probably told the elevator operator in Carthage, Missouri, about the Edward C. Minus department oh, store. Yeah, I bet, he couldn't, I bet he couldn't get you out of that elevator <laughs> fast enough. <laughs> Running an express. <laughs> Excuse me, everybody else in the elevator. I want to get, get rid of this here. one guy. <laughs> Uh, there was an elevator with an attendant in the Fine Arts Building. Yes, for years. Yes, that is the stuff of legend. There, I yes, I don't remember that. Yep, don't yep. remember that. I think it was the freight elevator uh, in the back of the building. Hmm. Or no, wait, I'm sorry, it wasn't. It was. It was also if you had offices uh, and uh, things upstairs in the uh, you know third or fourth floor, there was a there was an elevator operator. Into hmm. the 1990s, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we've got actually we've got quite a few people on the text line telling us where there are manual uh, elevators and somebody texted me a link i'm not going to look at it right now but uh it's uh, apparently a chicago magazine article from 2018 about the last manual elevator hmm. i guess in chicago interesting i'm going to look at that later on after I make sure that link is not some sort of spam and is going to clean out my bank account or something, <laughs> I'm always scared of that. Yeah, I, as a rule, I don't open up links on my phone. Yeah. 
Uh, here's an interesting uh, text regarding this whole elevator business. Do you guys even know what other businesses are in the same building as WGN? <laughs> I really, I don't, because you can only go to your own floor. That's right. You told where to go, and then that's it. Let's make that our uh, mission for next week. Find out who other, what other offices occupy the yeah, building? let's infiltrate uh, other floors of the building. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how we, we couldn't get to the other floors, right? I don't I think we can get to the think top, so. though, because that's where the, the health club is. Oh, I don't want to go there. Yeah. Health. <laughs> but apparently it has health a club, Schmelth Club. Apparently has nice views. <laughs> oh, well, that's... Yeah. that's well, our, it was on the second floor. Maybe I can earlier, get a cocktail up there. That I, would be nice. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> a cocktail. <laughs> Look at all this fascinating information that's just come out of our new feature, Up, Up, and Away. It is 11.25. Comedian Tom Dreesen joining us in a few minutes. He's going to be coming to Chicago. Chicago area, I guess I should say. That'll be uh, in September. We'll uh, talk more about that and see what our old pal is up to uh, coming up in a few minutes. Uh, Before you hydrate yourself this morning, uh, listen to this. Before you uh, take a, a nice, cool glass of water, uh, people uh, involved in watching environmentally what we're putting in our bodies every year uh, are concerned about what we uh, what may be in the drinking water that we get out of the tap. Uh, the Chicago Tribune is reporting a story that drinking tap water uh, it could expose millions of us to toxic chemicals. That build, you know, that are, are not going to kill us immediately, but in time will cause uh, cancer and will build up in our blood and cause other diseases that could take years for uh, the body to get rid of. You know, it's not just like getting rid of the, the water, uh, these chemicals that are put into the water, uh, where people are dumping things into the water, all these chemicals that come into the water. Uh, are uh, stay there and then could stay in us for quite a long time this is kind of disturbing because you know uh, you know people some people will only drink bottled water and you go oh you know mr Moneybags, uh you know you got to have your bottled water you know i'll just get it right here out of the tap and it, it's perfectly fine according to this uh, story that's in the tribune today you want to maybe take take a look at the, Envi- the Illinois Environmental Protection Agency, it says here, didn't even begin testing the state's water utilities for these chemicals which are in the water. They're called PFAs. I'm not even going dis- to try to pronounce what PFA stands for. It's a super scientifical kind of sounding word. But these PFAs, they didn't begin testing for it <clears throat> until two years ago. <laughs> that's that's a little disturbing uh they they are uh, called these pfas are called uh, forever chemicals because they don't break down they eventually you'll get rid of them in your body but it may be after damage is done and uh they don't break down in the environment also so you know that's a little disturbing what do most of you do for a nice glass of h2o <clears throat> do you go to the the faucet 
Uh, I guess I do probably about half the time. Uh, sometimes for convenience sake, I will get a you know bottled water. Uh, but I, I and I know environmentally that's not the greatest thing in the world because now I'm throwing away plastic. It's being re- I put it in my recycling, but still. Uh, and I read a study a couple of years ago that even bottled water contains uh, very uh, very small uh, percentage of plastic particles in the bottled water. So, you know, you have your choice of plastic particles if you're drinking it out of a, you know, a bottled water. I guess some some plastics have more than others. Or if you're getting it out of the tap, you know, the drinking water, uh, these toxic chemicals that can build up in your blood and cause uh, a whole bunch of diseases. It's definitely worth learning a little bit more about, um, you know, because, you know, you, you can't have enough. Uh, water, right? You're supposed to drink uh, eight to ten glasses of water uh, per day, according to most doctors. They want you to stay uh, as hydrated as possible uh, for all of that. But it just seems like if you go one way, you're you're in trouble. If you go the other way, you're in trouble also. So, if you want to read more about this, uh, the Tribune uh, has a piece today in their environmental section. It's called Forever Chemicals. They're in your drinking water, and they're likely in your food. Read the Tribune investigation. It's very, very interesting and also just a a little bit bit disturbing at the same time. 11.36. Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. Always nice when I can visit with old pals here on the program. the greatest guys in the world joins me on the phone line right now stand-up comedian television actor golfer extraordinaire and the pride of harvey illinois mr tom dreesen joining us on our phone line hello there my friend hi dean how you doing i was just thinking when (laughs) when you were talking i was just thinking Everybody talks about I did the Tonight Show 61 times, but I think I've you've interviewed me 122 times. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I, w- I was bound and determined to beat Johnny Carson. <laughs> and so you did. Not not something that anyone can uh, say with uh, with ease. How are you, buddy? I'm doing real good. Doing real good. I, I uh, you know, I'm, as you say, I'm playing golf and when I can't, but I've been performing a lot, doing a lot of shows. And working on a lot of new material. Last night I was at the uh, world-famous uh, comedy store uh, trying out new material. And I thought on the way home, 45 years ago, I was on that stage, that main stage at the comedy store with Jay Leno and David Letterman. And last night with Sebastian Malakasko and, uh, and Bill Burr. So wow. <laughs> it keeps going on, you know. Isn't that interesting that, uh, that uh, Maniscalco and Burr, I mean, they're two of the top stand-ups in the country right now. They want to go back to the comedy store. Is that like trying out new material? Is that you know just keeping their skills sharp? How do these accomplished guys that don't need to do this, and you really, that don't need to do shows like that, you just go back in to keep your skills polished? Yeah, it's both of those. It's working on new material because I'm constantly, and they are as well. 
I'm constantly writing new material and and also uh, keep staying oiled. You know, uh, whenever I come off the road from all my one night shows, all my one man shows that I'm doing, I always go back there and try out new material. There are the Laugh Factory, and the top comics of today did it. Top comics of yesteryear did it, and the top comics of today do it. it it's and also it's a great room. Uh, the audience is really, really excited about being there. Yeah, know? I was only there once as an audience member, and it was kind of cool because it's such a legendary uh, comedy place. Uh, but I know that Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle. Uh, guys like that. I mean, Eddie. When's the last time Eddie Murphy did stand up? But he'll go to the comedy store and just you know go in. And I I think it's just also kind of fun for guys who have been doing it for a oh, long sure. time. Am I right about that? Yeah, sure. Chris Rock. I saw Chris there a while back. We talked, and uh, it just as a matter of fact, it was just before the Academy Awards, and he had his arm in a sling. And I said, "What happened?" He said, "I tore my rotator cuff." I and I guess he had serious surgery. I said, "Gee, I." tore my rotator cuff on both shoulders at different times in my life and i rehabbed it without surgery he said tom i tore my rotator oh, cuff. Wow. so, so it, it, when he went on to host prior to the will smith incident he had just taken that cast off oh you know? geez wow so getting a getting a big slap in the face probably didn't help his physical condition uh at all yeah. if he's just recovering from uh you know some surgery uh having, having somebody yeah. smack him in the mouth <laughs> Oh, boy. And, and you know, it's interesting. After that, all the comedians are going on stage with apprehension because, you know, how that starts a trend. And so I'm on at the Laugh Factory like a week later, and, it, and, um, and, and it's a nice audience, a good audience. And as I'm coming off stage, the, you know, the bright lights in your eyes, you can't really see them taking steps down. And a guy with a pull-down hat and sunglasses comes up and puts his arms around me. Oh, boy. And I went, Whoa. You know, but it was Justin Timberlake. <laughs> oh, really? And the reason that he, you know, because he came in after the lights went down, after the show started, because he, he's so popular, he couldn't come in and everybody see him. It sure. would take away from the show. So he came in the back door with his wife and another couple, and they sat in a booth stage left, you know. And, he, and he's a member at my country club. We play golf together sometimes. Ah, and so okay. He came in to see me, and, and but he didn't want to tell anybody. So when I came off stage and I saw this figure coming at me, I went, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be a little bit unnerving, uh, you know, for something like that. I went to see Wanda Sykes uh, a month or so ago, and, you know, she's hilarious always. But there was like a little skirmish that took place in the audience, uh, enough so that Wanda, this was uh, not too far after the Will Smith incident, and and when uh, shortly after somebody charged Dave Chappelle on stage, uh, she stopped the whole showdown. She she stopped it down. She had her security people. I'd never seen anything like this during a comedy show. And she wow. even said at one point, this has never happened to me, ever. As long as I've been doing stand-up, this has never happened. But it seems like everybody's taking extraordinary precautions now because the world, the world has gone crazy, basically. I agree. What's interesting, today they'll announce in these comedy rooms, uh, there'll be a two-drink minimum, blah, 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 uh, shut off your cell phones. There's no heckling of the comedians. Mm. And when, when I started out in show business, there were no comedy clubs. Heckling was part of the nightclubs you went to. Yeah. If they couldn't heckle, they weren't coming to the club, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you had to learn how to deal with that, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's very interesting. So while you're doing your, your, your show... You've kind of got your eye out, aren't you? I'll bet you're watching the crowd and seeing if anything seems unusual to you. Yeah, it's it's uh, 
I, I, they, at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood, they put a, a screener there, so the, the audience had to walk through a screener. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> before they could go sit down. And I go on stage and I said, you know, folks, you'll notice there was a screener out in front, you know. Uh, so, however, we didn't have any screener on our entrance, and I patted my side like I was carrying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tom is going to be back in the Chicago area, back home again uh, on September the 10th. Uh, Let me take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about what you're going to be doing out at the Mackinac Arts Center. Tom Dreesen with us this morning in just a minute. Seven forty-five, Dean Richards Sunday morning, WGN with our pal Tom Dreesen coming into the Chicago area to the Mackinac Arts Center uh, on September tenth uh, for a show. What are you going to be doing uh, out at the Mac, Tom? I'm, you know, I do this one-man show around the country, a ninety-minute show called "The Man Who Made Sinatra Laugh," and it's stand-up comedy. Uh, but it's the journey that I took, you know, the journey from Harvey to Hollywood. So it's a lot of it's stand-up comedy, and then I segue to a bar and I tell a funny story. And uh, the, the you know when the audience is laughing, the lights go out, and Frank comes on the screen singing. It's quarter to three. There's no one in the place except you and me. He's like singing to me. I'm behind the bar, yeah. you know. And uh, then um, he go during the chorus. He goes off screen, and now the, the spotlight hits me, and the audience is in a bar with me, and I've come home. And I tell him the first time I heard that voice, I was 10 years old, shining shoes in a bar in Harvey, Illinois, and uh, he was on the jukebox. And then I take the audience from that little boy hearing Frank Sinatra on the jukebox in Harvey, Illinois, to one day carrying his coffin out of a church in Beverly Hills, California. So I take them on that journey. And while I'm telling stories, funny stories, pictures are coming on the screen authenticating the stories I'm telling, as well as video of Frank and I. And, and, and also, the, you know, the, the, the touring with uh, the Tim Reed and I were America's first black and white comedy team, and history shows we were the last. So I have stories about that, and, and, uh, and it's, it's just a fun, fun show. You know, and uh, it's been, I'm doing it all over the country. You know, I'm, I'm doing it in Miami. I'm doing it in Atlantic City. I'm doing it in Nashville. But it's more fun for me, really, to come back home. So I'm doing it in Glen Allen, as you pointed out, at the Mac Theater in the uh, Belushi Performance Hall. Right, right. Which is fun. Recently renamed, right? Fun. Yeah. Yeah. And... And uh, it's it's just it's so much it's it's really fun to do this show, but it's even more fun to come home and do it because that's where it all began for me. Fifty two years ago, September nineteen sixty nine, I went on stage for the first time in my hometown. You know, and and uh, and I'm it's always exciting to come back. You know, do you uh, get to hit some of your old haunts when you come back home? I know often you're in and out quickly because you have other engagements and things that you have to do. Uh, but uh, do, do you get a chance to to you know go to places where you grew up? Sure, I I, I go. As a matter of fact, they're like in um, they're having a homecoming in September 16th in Harvey, and I'm going to try to get to that you know for the football game and and just go back. You know, they named the street after me back there, so I uh, I go back every now and then to. Um, I'm trying to get the mayor to put up a toll booth. Uh, where we can make some money, but <laughs> you get out there and polish up the street signs while you're out there, you know, pick uh, up litter stuff like that. 
Yeah, I try to talk to the students, too. I give motivational talks. I, you and I have discussed this. It's a hobby of mine, giving motivational talks. I talk on four subjects, perception, visualization, self-talk, and develop a sense of humor. And I try to talk to the students at Thornton High School, where I went, you know, on occasion. Uh, and they're great. The, the kids there are great. The teachers there are great. And they're very receptive to that. You know, you know what? We got a, a text here from the 708 area code, Tom Dreesen. Uh, decades ago, came to a restaurant to meet a band I was in, and he gave us an inspirational talk and and advice. I'll never forget that. He's a man among men, absolutely love Tom Dreesen. So, you know, your word stuck with, you know, know, one guy here at least is uh, still thinking about the words that you imparted that day. Oh, that's very nice. That pleases me greatly, you know. Um, It's... you know, I think it was Helen Keller who said, life is either a daring adventure or nothing. And I've had a daring adventure, and, and I've had a lot of rejections in my life. You know, I've been knocked down, but I keep getting back up. I, I have a book out now called Still Standing. This is a cheap plug, but it, it's still standing, and the subtitle is My Journey from Streets and Saloons to the Stage and Sinatra. And that's really what my one-man show is about. But it's about... I'm, I'm, I've been a stand-up comedian 52 years, but I've also been knocked down a lot, and I keep getting back up again. And, and that's what I try to talk to others about, that, you know, this is a wonderful journey we're on, this journey of life. It's a blink of an eye in the annals of time, you know. We're just here for a blink of an eye. <clears throat> and to try to, you know, just be all you can be in that blink of an eye. You know, chase your dreams and yeah. don't give up. You know. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. I tell people that all the time. I say you're going to hear no more than you're going to hear yes. It's just a matter of you know how you how you get up and dust yourself off and keep pursuing what your dream is and don't let anyone tell you no. Uh, you know that's uh, that, that that's how how it's got to be. I think you know crazy world that we're living in. You know, absolutely. Aside from Sinatra, I mean, you've worked with some of the greats. Uh, with uh, 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 Sammy Davis Jr., for example, what were what were some of your uh, Sammy experiences like? Sammy was the first one who took me. He saw me after I did my first appearance on the Tonight Show, and he took me on the road with him. And uh, it, it, to sit in the wings and to watch this man perform, you know, was show business one hundred and one. He taught me so many things about the business and how to approach the stage and take command of that stage. And um, he he was an incredible uh, performer. Uh, the, you know, bar none, Frank Sinatra said he never heard Sammy hit a, a bad note. Sammy could sing as good as anybody out there. He could dance better than anybody out there. He could do comedy as good as any comedian I met. He was the best impressionist I ever heard. He could play the piano. He could play the drums. He could play the trumpet. You know, yeah. There was nothing he couldn't do. Yeah, know? it's one of, one of my biggest regrets is that I never uh, got to see Sammy Davis live. And uh, I, uh, I think it was at the Chicago Theater... Toward the end of their lives, uh, Dean Martin, Sammy, maybe Frank. It might have been Frank also there. It was uh, all three of them. I was there. Yeah. Oh, I would. I I, I should have gone. I wanted to go. For, I don't know what came up. I didn't, and uh, it's one of my regrets that I never got to see Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, you also worked with uh, Smokey Robinson. That's an interesting combo. What was that like? And still do. I, I tour with Smokey. <clears throat> you know, a lot and, and uh, do shows, and we, we play golf together. We're the best of buddies. Um, you know, every year I would go back to Chicago and run 26 miles for multiple sclerosis because my sister Darlene right. had that, and we called it 26 miles for Darlene. But I'd bring all these Hollywood celebrities with me. American Airlines was sponsoring them, and they would fly them in, f- sponsoring my, my uh, run. 
and they would fly in, you know, Frankie Avalon and Tony Danza and Eddie Marinaro and, and uh, Frankie Valley and and um, Tim Reed and uh, I could go. I mean, so many of the people, as well as Smokey and the celebrities would run a mile or two with me or a block or two. Smokey's the only one who ran all twenty six miles. No with kidding, me. no kidding. Yeah, and 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 he's. I mean, to be with Smokey, he's he's he loves singing for you and i love making people laugh so we our shows were just a, a, a lot of joy you know i mean it must have been a thrill for you because you grew up you know as motown was in its earliest days and Smokey was such a big part of that what a thrill for you to be you know friends with somebody who was a part of creating motown a guy, you know. By the way, Smokey's written over four thousand songs. Yeah. This is this is unbelievable. As you and I are talking, he's getting a check from ASCAP right now. You know? <laughs> but he was interviewed one time on Entertainment Tonight, and he was talking about me. And the woman said, "How long have you known Tom Dreesen?" He said, "My whole life." She said, "Really? You're from Detroit, and he's from Chicago." He said, "I know, but certain people you meet, five minutes later, you feel like you've known them their whole life." Ah, yeah. And that's how Smokey and I connected, uh, and, and to this day, you know. Uh, they're doing a documentary on my life now, and Smokey's uh, in the documentary, and he says some real nice things. Oh, you know? that's nice. That's nice. I didn't know about that documentary. When might that be out? Hopefully, it'll be out in, in the fall, but it looks more like it might be the first of the year. Okay. We've got a lot of film and archiving stuff. And, and, oh, wow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, okay, we'll keep our eyes open uh, for that. <laughs> Let me throw one more name uh, at you. You are pals with uh, David Letterman. You appeared on his show, I don't know how many times you were on Letterman, but you were all all the time. Uh, What what was that experience like now, and do you still uh, keep in touch with the great bearded one now? Yeah, he calls me all the time. You know, we. Uh, I, I, I tell you a quick funny story. Uh, I should tell it during my one man show out at the uh, in Glen Allen on, on uh, September ninth uh, or September tenth. I'm sorry. Uh, I should tell that. So anyhow, he he called me a while back and he said, Tom, every time you do an interview or I do an interview, you we always tell how we met. Uh, you know, in front of the comedy store, it was my first day there. I saw your set, and I, you came off stage, and I complimented you, and we became friends. I said, yeah. He said, well, it's a boring story. I said, well, I don't care, but it's true. He said, I don't care. It's boring. From now on, tell people that you you came off stage. It was my first day in L.A. I was in the parking lot, but I stole some material from you, and you beat the hell out of me in the parking lot. <laughs> I said, now, why would I tell a story like He said, because it's a better story. Now, a week goes by. He calls me, and he said, do you know the governor of Illinois? <clears throat> I said, no, I met him, but I don't know him. He's, he had some issue that he wanted to help some autistic adults in, in Illinois, and there was some state statute or some I don't know what it was. But I said, no, I know John Cullerton, the Senate Majority Leader. Uh, would, could you call, in, call him? I said, I'll call him. I called him, and I told him the story. He said, oh, tell Dave not to worry about that. We've got that all taken care of. And I said, could Dave call you and you explain it better than me? He said, sure. I said, oh, John, by the way, when Dave, when you help Dave, tell Dave the reason you're helping him is because Dreesen beat the hell out of him in the parking lot <laughs> at the comedy store. He said, okay, I'll do that. So now 10 minutes go by, my phone rings. I said, hello, and it's Letterman. He said, didn't I tell you that's a better story? I told you that's a better story. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Do, do you, you talk to him now? I mean, he's in pretty much seclusion. Oh, yeah. He, he makes an occasional appearance uh, when he does. Uh, I, I, it just reminds me of how much I miss him, how groundbreaking he was, how, how really he changed the face of comedy with his late night show, don't you think? I totally agree. Um, he, he, you know, he, 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 you know, I see him. He calls me all the time. We talk about 
you know, the, the old days at the comedy store. In fact, he called me the other day about me working in the main room of the comedy store. He said, golly, what is that like? You know, because that's what we did back in the day. I said, it's it's just, um, it's like time stands still for me, you know. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's. Uh, in the, what does he do with this? What does he do with this time now? He he does a lot of things. He, as a matter of fact, he's got a show on Netflix, you know, where he does one oh, yeah. hour. He, he, yeah. yeah, my ne- my next guest needs no introduction. Or he he just does a one on one interview, or like a really deep dive, with fascinating you know celebrity people that nor in the past on his old show he would spend uh, you know three four five minutes with. Now he he does like a full hour with somebody. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 an interesting guy, and he's very much interested in people, and and uh, so he he likes those long interviews. I used to hate it when I go on a show. You only have moments. You got seven minutes to get like six stories in, you know, right, right. and go real fast, you know. But we had such a good time whenever I was on with him. So, know? did you ever uh, say to him, Dave, what's up with the beard? Well, you know, what I thought was at first that he didn't want people to recognize him. He wanted to be able to mingle with the world now, now that he was off the air. Yeah. But the beard, he's more recognizable. Now, right, you know? <laughs> right, right. But I think when you're losing a little hair on top, a little hair on mm. the face helps a little bit. You know? mm. I, can rela- I can relate to that. I can relate to that. <laughs> Tom, it's great to catch up with you. And uh, everybody uh, should come out to the Mackinac Arts Center out in Glen Ellen, Saturday, September the 10th, uh, to see Tom Dreesen, the man who made Sinatra laugh. Uh, let me see if I've got a website here. Naturally, I don't, but if you go... It, it's A-T-T. You can go at themac.org. Ah, perfect. At themac.org. Perfect, perfect. Or if you can remember this number, you can call 630-942-4000. Very good, very good. So what's up for your Sunday today? You, you got to be. I'm, I'm surprised that I, I have you for a full half hour here, and you haven't. You're not on a golf course. Well, I'm. Believe it or not, I'm heading there as soon as I hang up. With you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the, there is no believe it or not with that. I, I believe it a hundred percent. The great. You know, some days I play like Ben Hogan, and the other days like Hulk Hogan. But it's a great sport. Man. <laughs> Tom Dreesen, it's always good to talk to you, buddy. I hope we see you when you're in town. Me too, Dean. Let's have lunch at Gibson's or something like that. I would love that. I, I would love that. We'll sit right under your picture at Gibson's. <laughs> okay, good deal. There's Tom Dreesen. Hi, Dean. Thanks, buddy. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. The show again at the Mackinac Arts Center at themac.com. Tom Dreesen, the man who made Sinatra laugh Saturday, September the 10th. Broad- well, I don't want to brag, but... Today's show has been exceptionally educational. I believe it has been also, yes. Somebody, uh, we need to make a copy of today's show and uh, send it to the Peabody Award people. Because <laughs> I think with today's show, is uh, we, we should win some kind of national ac- well, accolade. Uh, well, Jack, are you rolling on the uh, reel-to-reel tape recorder in the production studio there? <laughs> I'm sure it's been recorded. Yeah, uh, let somebody tell Jack what a reel-to-reel <laughs> tape recorder is first. Uh, I don't know what that is, but I, you do have a cassette? Have, I do have it. Is it on cassette? <laughs> do you really not know what it is? A reel-to-reel? Yeah. Uh, this is our 25-year-old producer, Jack, everybody. Uh, I think I know what That's it looks okay like. That's okay if you don't. I think I know, you what, think it looks, you know what it looks I like. Think, it's okay I can take you it. in the engineering room and show you one, I just find it endlessly uh, interesting of uh, the things that, uh, you know, that we talk about old people stuff. <laughs> and uh, Jack, who's 25, has no idea what we're talking about. But he politely said to me a couple of weeks ago, 
that he learns something new. Something new every time he, he learns something new. Yeah, every week of the show, he <laughs> learns about ancient history all the time. It's like it's like an archaeology class. <laughs> you ever seen a black and white TV, uh, Jack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, the shows would be black and white. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Well, yeah, the sh- I've seen shows in Not black the and white. TV set would. <laughs> Uh, no, but have you ever watched a black and white TV? You ever seen one in, in black use? Black and white shows, you mean? No, no. The the actual television. Oh, the only, television? Yeah. Only, no. only broadcast in black and white? Mm-hmm. No. No, I haven't seen those. No, no, no. Dean, the TV does not broadcast. It receives <laughs> the picture. <laughs> Thank you. Broadcast implies Thank sending you. Thank you, Mr. Wizard. the picture. <laughs> Mr. <Thank you>. Wizard. <laughs> Well, here, here, you know, sometimes we hit on something on this show and it takes over the phone lines. Like a couple of weeks ago, we learned that most of our listeners are (laughs) potheads. And there was nothing but weed talk on on, uh, the text line. And for weeks, like for two weeks, all I hear about is how much people like like to smoke burn, burn one what would they say burn burn one yeah 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 when, when they uh, listen to the show which explains really i think there was a listener in atlanta that said he was going to burn one for yeah, us yeah uh so that was a couple of weeks ago today it's these home remedies that we talked about we did i did a story earlier about how the singer cardi b jack you know who cardi b is don't yes you? yeah okay thanks. got that one uh is um how she uses uh, she boils onions and then washes her hair with the boiled onion water, and she claims that it makes her hair more shiny and beautiful, and it's supposed to be good for your scalp and all kinds of things. So we started talking about home remedies. And uh, Shwani, have you had anyone blow any cigar smoke in your ear yet? <laughs> no, because <laughs> that no. was my favorite of all the remedies. No, my, my good friend uh, uh, Ken uh, emailed, or rather, texted me and said that his grandmother, though, had the mustard packs uh, yeah. for them. Well, so we, his we, grandmother used those. It was mustard seed powder. Yeah, well, that we, they used. We did. We we asked about that. I'm, the the blowing cigar smoke in your ear. By the way, uh, a listener said that it cures earaches. And we had we had a couple of other people said, apparently cigarette smoke also works for them. <laughs> doesn't have to just be a cigar, but <laughs> but uh, apparently that works uh, as well. Uh, somebody else said for uh, oh where's this one? Wait a minute here. Uh, uh, oh here, when I was stung by a bee, our neighbors dug a hole in the backyard and buried my bee sting in the mud and it took away the sting oh wow so you bury your you bury your foot in mud i guess to oh okay yeah put the foot in the mud i guess you could just put mud on the or mud on the sting area you don't have to Mm -hmm. actually dig a hole to do it yeah (laughs) right uh another texture this was a favorite that came in uh later uh lemon juice will get rid of hickeys So, Shwani, the next <laughs> next time you come in here with a love bite, as they're called, <laughs> throw a little lemon juice on there. And I'll it, remember that. It should uh, fix, <laughs> fix things up a little bit. Uh, yeah, let me see. Yeah. Uh, oh, and a lot of people ask, what, what, uh, what about Windex? You know, from the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I have never seen anybody, I've known quite a few Greek people, 
in real life, I've never seen anybody use the Windex. That was only <laughs> only in the movie. Hmm. So, uh, and I'm not. Re- I don't recall what the Windex was used for in well, the movie. The, I haven't the seen father, it. The, I remember the father. Yeah, sure. Michael Constantine. Why Michael Constantine? You know, anybody would have any little ailment or oh, mosquito bite. Here, put the Windex. <laughs> he put he puts the Windex on it. To, you know, supposedly that fixed it. But also, somebody we were talking about home remedies, and somebody said mustard plaster. That their grandmother used yeah, to put right. mustard. My friend's grandmother used mustard seed powder. Right. right. So uh, we got Shawnee's friend, uh, but also here is, uh, I looked it up, and it said a mustard plaster remedy consists of mustard seed powder paste. Uh, the paste is wrapped in a fabric and then applied to the skin, usually on the chest. It may also be applied to other body parts that you're trying to treat. It's supposed to be very good for congestion and respiratory things. Oh, we should have had, uh, we should have given that Andy, to Andy. Then. Yeah, Andy yeah. had a sinus infection today. We're going to ram some of that mustard powder up his nose. <laughs> uh, now, as a caveat with this, it says there's no proof that mustard plasters actually work and they may cause skin irritation and burns. So, not ex- not exactly the most scientific of you know responses to this particular home remedy but i did want to just uh, answer all of that uh and if anyone else has any more uh, you know home remedies uh that that's all that you want to talk about on our text line today well so. then what about what we learn in the elevator we we'll well, talk about educational things very, here very very interesting things we've learned here today on the uh, uh, program, uh, here's oh, no, see they're they're starting to come uh, on the text line again, which is fine. I'm I'm very interested. In fact, let's just open up the phone lines three one two nine eight one seven two hundred nine eight one seven two hundred. If you've got one of these crazy home remedies that uh, you know you used to do, a parent, a grandparent, you, usually it's grandparents. I I got to say they come up with some of this stuff. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Uh, here's one, uh, Shwani, that says tobacco juice on a bee sting is good. Okay. So save your spittoons. You never know. You may need them. <laughs> All right. 1216 is the time. This is Dean Richards. Sunday morning on WGN, and we'll get into our food time show coming up in just a little bit. Uh, grilling pork on the grill today on our food time uh, segment. I've got some ideas, and I want... Uh, to get some of your recipes for pork on the grill and some of the different ways that you do that. Uh, we're going to spend a few more uh, times, a uh, uh, few more minutes, though, of time on uh, some of these homemade recipes, having having a, a blast listening to uh, some of these stories. Now, somebody texted in from the 630 area code saying that Orion Samuelson once said that his grandma used to eat a teaspoon of soil Every day, I've known Orion for quite a long time, and I've never heard that story. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying that he, you know he didn't say it, but um, is, is that true? Has anyone else heard that, or has anyone else experienced that with uh, a relative or friend that somebody would actually eat dirt, and for what purpose? You know, what would that? What would that actually do? Uh, you know, or, or you know, what did the grandparent allege? that uh, that sort of thing did 
have no idea. 312-981-7200 is our telephone number. On our text line uh, from the 574 area code, not sure where that is, but thank you for listening. Uh, let me see here. It says, when I was a little girl and scraped my knee, my Polish, Polish busha, I think that's grandmother, right? That's grandma, yeah. My Polish, a Polish busha would pour, oh, wait a second. I, I have to read up. No, 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 no. My Polish busha would wear, uh, would pour whiskey on my scraped knee. After taking a swig, boy, that would. St- <laughs> after taking a swig, now that makes that sense. would sting though. That the alcohol in the straight in alcohol, whiskey? yeah, yeah, putting straight alcohol on it, yeah, sure. Uh, on the uh, Windex uh, topic, somebody said Windex has ammonia in it. My dad slapped ammonia on poison ivy, and it would dry up right away. Okay, not sure that most doctors would recommend that you do that sort of thing. But, uh, okay, I'm just saying I never saw – everyone says, you know, oh, you're Greek? Do you put Windex on everything? I've never seen a Greek person do that, ever. And my grandmother had some pretty nutty superstitions uh, back in the day. On the subject of eating dirt, have you ever heard – Shawnee, have you ever heard anybody – No, I have not. Never heard Orion tell that story. I haven't either. But somebody on the text line said that he he said that his grandmother would take a teaspoon of dirt every day. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, somebody here. Uh, let me see from the three one two area code. My mom ate dirt when she was pregnant. It's called pica or pica, p i c a. Anybody? You ever hear of anything like that? Anybody? Bueller. 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 Anybody? Uh, let's see here. Pika, I, I just uh, go, did a little Google from the Cleveland Clinic. I guess they're a fairly reputable source, uh, source right? Uh, Pika is a mental health condition where a person compulsively swallows non-food items. It's especially common with children. While it's often harmless, swallowing certain items can make Pika very hazardous. Yeah, I would think so. So it's, it's, a, it's an eating disorder, apparently, right? Isn't that what that sounds like to you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is very interesting. Some of these, uh, you know, old school kind of remedies here on our text line 312. Oh, somebody texted in that they heard Orion actually say that. Okay. Um, let me see here. Let me see. Uh, my grandfather was still in his 80s. If he cut himself, he would rinse it with, with turpentine. And that the, would sting again. And the cut would be gone two days later. <laughs> I would think that the finger that the was finger cut. The finger might be gone also. Turpentine. Wow. That would sting also. That is. Wow. That is heavy duty there. What was the what was the uh, the uh, the item that they would use to prevent infections? Methylade. Do you remember that I do one? Remember methylade. I remember that. And do you remember mercurochrome? Mercurochrome. Yes. The red and stuff. You know, one of our listeners that called in and uh, said that uh, she had the rash and uh, put Philips Milk and Magnesia on there. There was another liquid called Calamine Lotion. Oh yeah, I remember that. That would work. I had a bunch of bug bites when I was a kid once, yeah. and my mother put calamine lotion on it a buddy and i were in uh, the upper peninsula of michigan many a year ago and we were uh we're up there camping but we got in a canoe and we're 
going down this little stream that had was grown over so we're we're just you know pulling branches out of the way and you know trying to get down the stream there was a big old beehive uh Uh in one of them and the bees went nuts yep and my buddy and i were both like stung multiple times oh and we they covered us we you know we went to the doctor because we had so many stings uh covered in calamine lotion Mm mm-hmm very attractive <laughs> very very attractive on a teenage boy uh this is emily you're on wgn hello hi there uh i listen to you every sunday and i heard what you wanted to know about different things that people used to try to reduce things yeah well i ha- i'm 96 years old and this happened many many years ago I had a neighbor from Germany, and one of my daughters had uh, temperature, and so he brought over big slices of onion and sliced them and tied them on her feet to get rid of the temperature. <laughs> really? Really. So, wait, you take the onion, you cu- you slice the onion? Like in yeah, a ha- you get a big, big slice of thick onion and tie it on the bottom of your feet Interesting. of the kids that got the temperature. I've I, I have not heard that. I have not heard I, that. Well, that that was so many many years yeah. ago. So I just thought I'd tell you about it. I I got to tell you something here, Emily. I, I sort of can't wait till I get my next uh, fever. <laughs> well, you'll smell pretty good. <laughs> it'll smell like a Greek salad. <laughs> <laughs> right. Have, have a great day. Thank you very much for your call, Mary. Hi, you're on WGN Home Remedies yes, today. I- Yes, I don't know if you ever heard of the Greek remedy, Venduza. Oh, yes. My my grandmother oh, okay. used to do Venduza, yes. Okay, then you've heard of that, and well, I thought I must call. I just tuned in about a half hour ago. Well, let's, I said, no, I fill me in. if anybody called in a Venduza. Yes, yeah. what, I've never heard of that. Fill, fill us in here. Well, have you heard of cupping? Yes. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. Cupping and Venduza is basically the same thing. That's like a big New Age thing uh, now that you know people spend tremendous amounts of money uh, for for the cupping that's supposed to uh, draw toxins out of your body, right? Uh, Mary, is, right. is that right? Mm-hmm. So Yes, and they featured it on Zorba the Greek. They, they did. Yeah, on the movie Zorba the Greek, they had him come in with a Venduza. For poor uh, uh, Bubulina. The, the, uh, oh, that's right, the, the Bubulina, Bubulina was the, the lady who was dying, and they did what this Venduza, this cupping on her. So, yeah. Shwani, what you do, you may want to try this, Shwani, when you go home. <laughs> You. And I understand it's painful. After you after you put the lemon juice on your hickeys. <laughs> the, the, and tie onions to my feet. Here's what my grandmother used to do with this Venduza. She 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 would take a glass and put a little uh, she would uh, uh take a little uh cotton ball, dip it yeah. in rubbing alcohol. You take the the wet cotton ball now and you put it in the glass. You light a match to it. So this cotton ball, Shwani, catches on fire, and you put the uh, glass upside down upside on down. your on your chest. Yeah. Oh, really? So I mean, you know, the the cotton was burning, but because there's now there's no oxygen because it's been put it's been smothered in the in the glass in then. the glass, and it creates a suction, a vacuum, a vacuum on your yeah. skin, and in that the theory is that it pulls the toxins out of your body but right. it leaves a mark oh yes right mm-hmm. 
It's like a yes. bu- if they. I remember once in particular, my mom had a terrible chest cold, and my grandmother put all the. She must have had like ten uh, of these upside down glasses stuck to her chest. Yeah, and then you you pull them off, painful. and you know they make that popping sound. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, you must have witnessed many of those. I, I've you seen. You have described it to a T. Right? To a T. I, I, it's not something that you forget once you see it. No, I should say not. But, well, I had to call in and see if anybody else had called that in, because yeah, I, always, I, I always thought that was something. Yeah. I, I would cringe when I'd see the ladies <laughs> doing that to somebody. Yeah, what's, uh, okay. the Greeks call it Vendusa, but now... If you go to some fancy schmancy spa, they'll charge you five hundred dollars to get the cupping. That's, that's now oh, it's now it's called cupping. Goodness. It's crazy. Oh my goodness! Yep. Okay, good. Yep. Well, I, I always enjoy your show. Thanks, Mary. And I, thank you for taking my call. It's a pleasure. And continued good luck and success to you. Likewise to you. That's very nice of you. I appreciate your call. So, Shwani, you get these marks all you know wherever the glasses you know where you where you did that suction thing. You get a mark. It's basically a hickey. Yeah, now I get I get the lemon juice. Now out. you know how to get rid of the hickey. <laughs> we should win an award. Just what other show has hickey removal <laughs> tips? Complete with sound effects. There's no other show that has this kind of information. I'm no, so, sir. Sorry, we should none get, at all. We should get some big award for another something. Peabody. It's another Peabody award. Pat, you're on WGN. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hi. I've got an aid to help with the itching that comes with chicken pox that may help people that have monkey pox now. Um, I'm a retired nurse, and I learned this from a pediatrician in the emergency room where I worked. And and I used it with my own kids when they had chicken pox, and it worked great. You use a spray can of spray starch, but it has to be without sizing, and you spray it all over the wounds you don't use it on the face though for some reason um probably you don't want to get it in the eyes but um my only complaint from my kids was that it was cold and so i used to run the can under some warm water before i sprayed it on them and it works great consider it mom and it got rid of the itching completely from correct it worked much better than oatmeal baths a messy calamine (laughs) lotion some some of the other stuff very interesting I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what compound there is in that spray starch. That's yeah. I don't know, but that. it has to be without sizing. Very interesting. Very interesting. This has been a very scientifically educational program here. You were telling me that you were on the grill yesterday. You I did, did. did some grilled chicken. chicken and corn. Yes, sir. How'd you do the chicken? What'd you do with the chicken? I, it's very simple. I had split a chicken breasts, bone in chicken breasts. Okay. Very easy to do. Yeah. Uh, Make sure the grill is good and hot. I place those on the grill, and you can season to your own preference. I used some Italian seasoning oh, nice. and that Very sort nice. of thing yeah. yesterday. And uh, 35 minutes, I just let them cook, <laughs> literally. put In, the Indirect, not under the flames, right? Yes, Yeah. right. And also you're uh, the baking. corn. You're basically baking it. You're that, baking it. You're baking it, right. yes. Baked chicken, and it was uh, nice and flavorful and juicy, and the corn wrapped nice. up nice. Uh, without the husk, as I was uh, telling you earlier this yeah. morning. Yeah. Uh, they took the husk off, wrap it in aluminum foil, yeah. retains the heat, and uh, it works very well. Incidentally, uh, that works well in the oven, around 400 degrees. Oh, yeah. 
That's I mean that's basically what you're doing in the oven uh, on the grill mm-hmm. is you're basically baking mm-hmm. it. Yep. Uh, and you know if, if people always ask me, I, you know, I can never get corn on the cob right on the grill. It's pretty easy. It uh, is. I do uh, like about ten minutes, ten minutes, and then give it a third of a turn. Right. Ten minutes. Right. Third of a turn. Ten minutes. Third of a turn. Mm-hmm. And it's I I like it a little on the you know charred side myself personally. Yes. Yep. Uh, but you know, if, if you if you like it less, you you don't have to put it in that long. Do seven minutes yeah. and do the do the turns. But it's absolutely delicious. Do you like pork on the grill? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I haven't too. done pork in a long, long time. But a pork chop on the grill, yes, sir, it's fantastic. Yeah, a nice a nice pork chop. I mean, ribs are are great, but that takes uh, you know kind of that that's a project to do uh, ribs on the grill. I love pork tenderloin on the grill. That's, mm. that's what I'm going to be making on TV this week. Mm. Uh, and I've got a fantastic recipe. But I'm wondering what some of you uh, out there do with pork on the grill, whether it's tenderloin chops, uh, maybe pulled pork. I've done pulled pork on the grill before. That's another project as well. That you know that takes six, eight hours sometimes to, to get that right. Uh, but I, I want to get uh, – I'm going to give you my recipe, but – I'm also going to uh, open up the phone lines and get your pork on the grill recipes. Our food time show is next. All right, at 12.41, this is food time. Chicago Radio's original cooking and dining show, the award-winning All Things Edible program, heard every Sunday at this time. And today, we're grilling up some pork. Last few weeks of what is officially summertime. I'm not ready to throw the towel in on summer yet. Everyone's like, oh, summer's over. It's almost Labor Day. And that's true. But uh, I think we've got plenty of uh, outdoor time still ahead of us here. Even though our daylight hours are shrinking a little bit. Uh, That's why I like to spend as much time out on the grill as I possibly can. And I have had such a taste for uh, pork on the grill lately. I don't know why. Uh, I've uh, I've wanted to do uh, some uh, some nice baby backs on the grill, but that's you know that's a fair amount of work to to do the ribs properly. Uh, you know if you're going to do them on a smoker, that's great. That's a whole other project you know all by itself. Uh, but you know sometimes you know when you're busy, you just want to throw something on the grill, get things done fairly quickly, but still enjoy it. You know the same amount. Pork chops on the grill are fantastic. I love pork tenderloin. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's because when I read that pork tenderloin has is lower fat than a chicken breast, I thought, wow, delicious and healthy. I could go for that. Uh, and it, it truly is delicious. I do it several ways uh, on the grill. And uh, I also want to get some of your recipes for pork on the grill uh, pork chops. Anyone have any special things that they do? Do you like the thin, super thin ones? Do you like the thicker ones? Uh, what do you do with them? Uh, do you do uh, a lot of people love doing pork uh, in a slow cooker? Uh, I've I've done a pulled pork actually in uh, a slow cooker, and it's uh, it's it's not the same as doing it on the grill. You don't get that big smoky taste unless you add liquid smoke into it which is not my favorite thing to do, but I'll do it in a pinch. Uh, but uh, it sure comes out delicious. Nice pork shoulder in the slow cooker. You know, I don't know, like 10, 12 hours, something like that. And it comes out delicious. That's one way to do it. And you don't have to heat up the whole kitchen 
Nobody wants to do that when the weather's hot also. But what what do you do with pork is what I'm getting at here. 312-981-7200 on our text line or on our phone line. Love to hear from you uh, either way. Um, so the uh, pork tenderloin is what I'm going to be cooking on TV this week, this coming Wednesday. It's when I do my uh, cooking segment on the WGN TV morning news. Wednesday morning at 9.30, by the way, is when uh, we do that. Uh, And as I always say, come for the recipes. Stay to see which way I've injured myself, uh, whether it's a burn or a cut or what what kitchen accident is uh, going to happen. Uh, But I'm going to do some pork tenderloin uh, this coming week. And I've done them. I've done them Greek style, of course, salt, pepper, oregano, uh, marinated in uh, some olive oil and lemon in a little vinegar, uh, and it goes right on the grill. Uh, it de- absolutely delicious. You know, I put the whole tenderloin on there. After I take that white membrane off, uh, I've, I've, I've done pork tenderloin on the grill before, and I've shown that taking the membrane off, but sometimes people forget, and that, that white kind of silver membrane that's on there, you got to get your, your sharp knife right underneath that and slice that off, because that's going to be too you're not going to be able to chew through that. That's like a piece of, uh, you know, shoe leather, basically. So you take that off, season up the, the pork, and then it goes on the grill. I put mine indirect method uh, about 350 degrees. That's where I get my, my temperature, about 350 degrees. Indirect method to start off with until I get the uh, temperature of the pork to about 145 degrees. So I take it off of the grill when it's about 135, 140 degrees, because I'm going to let it rest for about 10 minutes. And when any piece of meat that you take off of the grill and you rest it, it continues to cook, to cook for a little while. So the temperature is going to continue to go up. But you don't want to overcook it. You want it nice and juicy. Uh, so about 145, 150 degrees is safe and is about right uh, for that. So I do it Greek style. I've done uh, just straight uh, barbecue, which I'm going to give you the recipe for in a second. And I've also done, I don't know what you would call this style of it, but it's an orange marmalade glazed pork tenderloin. It is so delicious. Salt, pepper, a little bit of garlic, and uh, you know I bake it. And right toward the end is when I put orange marmalade right out of the jar. Uh, on top of the pork tenderloin and of course it melts and it glazes and it chars up a little bit and when you cut into it you have the uh, savoriness of the pork uh, with the salt pepper and garlic and the sweetness of that orange marmalade and oh man it's delicious cut it on a little uh, a diagonal on a, on a bias so it's you know it's kind of attractive to bring out on a platter uh, basically the same thing with uh, a, a bar- doing it barbecue style, uh, where I, I take the pork tenderloin, and it, I think it's a good idea to do a marinade first. So when I when I do this barbecue style, what I do is uh, in a, a little you know plastic bag, like a uh, you know a, a sealable kind of bag. I put in uh, some apple cider vinegar maybe a half cup, quarter cup, something like that. I put a few tablespoons of Dijon mustard in there. I guess you can use any kind of mustard you like. I like the Dijon. It's a little more of a complex uh, flavor. 
uh, maybe two, three tablespoons, something like that. A couple, two, three tablespoons of maple syrup in there as well, and a little bit of uh, olive oil. That all goes into this bag. Mix it up real good. Put some garlic cloves in it. Mince or grate some garlic cloves, two or three garlic cloves in there. Get it all mixed up really good, and then put your pork tenderloin. Take the, the membrane off, put your pork tenderloin in, and let it sit for at least an hour. I mean, if you can do it longer than that, even better. But at least an hour in this uh, marinade. That also helps to tenderize. The vinegar helps to tenderize the, uh, the pork, by the way, once it's in there. And then take it out, salt, pepper, same method on the grill, 350 degrees, indirect method, uh, and uh, you know when it when it gets close to about 130 degrees or so, that's when you put a slather of uh, your barbecue sauce on top. Don't put that barbecue sauce on too soon because the sugars in the barbecue sauce will burn right up. But right, I would say maybe you know five minutes before you take it off, take it off the grill, put the barbecue sauce on, let that grill a little bit, glaze, char uh, a little bit. And uh, I, I like to use, I mean, some people like to make their own barbecue sauce. I love uh, sweet, uh, what's it called? Famous Famous Dave's Sweet and Zesty. It's my favorite barbecue sauce. I use that all the time, the sweet and zesty. Put that on there. It's got a tiny bit of a bite, but it's mostly sweet. And, um, you know, once that glazes up a little bit, let it rest for about 10 minutes. Cut it in a diagonal. Serve it up with some, uh, maybe some grilled Brussels sprouts, uh, you know, grilled sweet corn. I'm never going to turn that down no matter what. Maybe you uh, grill up some some potatoes and, you know, make a nice potato salad, something as a little side. Uh, How about you? What are you doing with pork on the grill? 312-981-7200 when we come right back. All right, we are back. At 12.52, this is Dean Richards, Sunday morning, uh, WGN, in our food time segment, uh, talking uh, some grilled pork this week, sharing some recipes, uh, 312-981-7200. And uh, Don, what do you like to do with pork on the grill? Well, you know, uh, I just wanted to talk about or mention, uh, and I remember when uh, when I was young, and my dad would always make pork tenderloin on the grill, and he used, uh, of course, used charcoal, the charcoal grill with a spit. Do yeah. you know what a spit is? Uh, with a say it again. With a spit. Spit. Do you know what a spit is? Well, the, a, a split would be like to do like a rotisserie kind yeah. of thing to to make right. it turn. Yeah. Yeah, so we we put the uh you put the uh uh you put the the uh, the roll of pork tenderloin on the on the forks of the spit and you uh it uh it, it rotates yeah. around with the co- with the charcoal in the back. Yeah. Just searing every part perfectly. Round and round, and, yeah, round and round. And, yeah, and you coat it with now cuz we always use open pit and still to this day is still my favorite combine it with some diced onions mm. in the um, in the sauce but open pit some people think it's too spicy but uh we always uh like that the best and it continue because of the way you're you're charring it it keeps it very juicy on the inside yeah. and uh it it comes out perfect now 
unfortunately, you know, you people don't use spits anymore. Unfortunately, people don't even use charcoal anymore. I still do. And uh, we just will put it in my charcoal lever in the uh, back of the, uh, you know, indirect eat in the back. And, um, you know, it's not. Uh, it's not a pre. It's not precise as far as a exact temperature, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Uh, so well, you know, with, with those instant read thermometers that they have now, and they're pretty inexpensive, you could stop the the pit for a second, check the internal temperature of the pork, which you know our dads never did when they you you, you know yeah. used to do the cooking. That was there's no such thing then. <laughs> But it, but it's very easy to check uh, what the internal temperature is, and for a tenderloin, it should be uh, about one hundred and uh, about one hundred and forty, hundred and fifty degrees somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, same kind of thing with the sauce. Uh, toward about, about five minutes before it's done, don't put the sauce on too early. Uh, same kind of thing. But that's a great method because it uh, you know it just keeps the the pork going in a circular motion so it's a fantastic cooking process i'd be a little curious to know if anybody else or if anybody else remembers using spits on the grill i know and if anybody you know weber has on some of their upscale grills they have a mechanical device which attaches to some of the gas grills which is a rotisserie uh motor and you know okay. you, you can do you know pork uh, pork shoulders, uh, you know roast beef. You can do uh, chickens, and you know it just it just rotates and rotates and rotates. That's a great I recipe. Yeah, I suppose a lamb combination too, like they use for the euros. You know, yeah, except that's vertical, right? But basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, same kind of deal. Appreciate the call. Hope you have a great Sunday. And you're making me very hungry. Oh, well, that's the purpose of this show to make. That's our. That's our. That's our goal. Going to have to write down your recipe. I'll watch you on uh, on TV. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll post it on on Wednesday. We'll post it on the TV website. Thank you for the call. And Barbara, hi, you're on WGN. Hi, I might have got off on it. I thought it was something to go along with the pork. That's okay. Side dish is okay. Okay, my side dish is pear abs with uh, pear balls. Excuse me. Pear abs. Pear abs. Right, with pear balls. With pear balls, okay. Right. Explain, please explain to me. Okay, it's just get a pear ab. Yeah. Okay, you take some cream cheese, mm. put the cream cheese into a bowl, depending on the size of ball that everybody likes with their pear ab. Put a few drops of the pear juice in with the cream cheese. Okay. Then you roll it into balls. Then you have a bowl of chopped pecans. Throw your cream cheese ball into that, roll it in the pecans, put it on top of the pear halves, and you have a dessert. Oh, and like a, like a little, uh, so so you get the, are you cooking the pear at all, or are you serving it raw? No, it's just fresh out of the can. Or, oh, fresh or out of the, it. or canned, okay. So, canned pear, yeah. That. All right. So you can do it. You can do it that way with the canned pears, and then you just okay. take a like a this these little like maybe the size of a golf ball, right? The, the cream right. cheese, yeah. Mm-hmm. With uh, the, roll it up. You put some pear pear juice in it, and very then little. Roll, yeah, roll you it can always pecans. add. You can always add, but can't, don't can't take it too out. Much. Right, you put too exactly. much in there. You got a sloppy mess, and then you put right. that right in the center of the pear. But you could also do that with fresh pears, also. 
put them on the grill. I love grilled fruit. It's my one of my favorite oh. things. Uh, you you cut the pear in half, you know, scoop out the seeds, of course, and you right. put, you put it on the grill, and it softens up, and all the sugars caramelize on it, and then take that cheese ball that you're talking about, and uh, over here you put the cream, roll the cream cheese ball into nuts. Yeah, right. Oh, you gotta you, you okay. gotta <laughs> you gotta roll the ball nuts. Anyone knows that balls and nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> right. Okay, where are we go with suddenly this, this became a Beavis and Butthead episode. I don't know how that. Oh, no, kidding. <laughs> hey, well, let's talk hey, until hey, you're done for the day. Hey, Beavis, hey Beavis, they're talking about cheese balls on the radio. Oh God, no! I appreciate you. You know what? My, I was always <laughs> raised. My father was a real big. He was the same thing with this man was talking on the spit years ago. He built sure. his own grill. My father years yeah. years ago. That was it. That was definitely a dad thing growing up. Dad's on the. Oh. Dad's on the grill. I appreciate your call, and uh, thank you very much, Barbara. I hope you have a fantastic day today. And that, I can't think of a better way to wrap up the show than with that recipe on today's uh, program. Thank you all for listening and for listening every Sunday morning. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, so we'll see you tomorrow morning and every weekday morning on Bob Surratt Show. Uh, between 8 and 8.30, we talk entertainment i may share this recipe with bob because it's pretty exceptional uh and then uh what oh it's the wgn tv morning news yes uh we've got uh uh, owen wilson that we're going to be talking to this week idris elba we're going to be talking to this week uh some of our a-list interviews on the wgn tv morning news